1: Welcome to Brother Date. It's a motherfucking Star Trek. Week 32 of this Star Trek project for lunatics. I'm Matthew.
0: I'm Judah. Yeah, it's, uh, can you believe we've done two to the fifth of these dang things?
1: Yeah, man, we've done, we've done so many, we've done as many as you're gonna have to do Led Zeppelin, um, songs for next week.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. I mean, just to remind you to check out the spreadsheet.
1: But, uh, but of course, it's 32 times 5, because there's 5 of these motherfuckers every week. Yep. So we're up to, what, a, does that make 160?
0: Uh, it does, but don't forget that 4 of the 5 of the uh, week 1s were doubles, so yeah. we're 164 TV hours into this
1: goddamn thing. Crushing it, as always. Uh, did you have any housekeeping before we jump into these things?
0: Oh, I don't think so. Do you?
1: I don't think so. I think we can just jump in as usual. We're or as we've the new format for the last few weeks, we're going to do it uh, in reverse order of how the episodes or how the series finished in last week's. Uh,
0: I still like contest. doing it that way. I still think that's working for me.
1: I think so too. So that means we're going to start with. Uh,
0: we're going to start with Enterprise, where this week we watched the seventh. <laughs>
1: It makes me mad that they earned their anthem, or at least Voyager earned the fake, the fake clips.
0: Well, I think when I gave them their anthem, I I mean, I I don't remember for sure, were they ahead of DS9 at the time? Maybe not.
1: I think we were so early in, we were just assuming Enterprise was going to be the real shitty one.
0: I mean, but, really, uh, the puni- It's supposed to be punishment for having that bad song with lyrics, but at- yeah. Voyager is clown shoes now, so <laughs> that's right. they deserve punishment.
1: Well, they didn't do so bad last week, and we'll see. Um, we'll that's what How they did this week?
0: That's true. And right. as with many of these uh, Voyager, like Deep Space Nine, Voyager is supposed to turn it around later in its run. Yeah, that's uh, the common wisdom on the
1: on the show. We will we will see if that is the case in however many years it takes to get there.
0: To, what happened in this dangle episode, Matt?
1: All right, with the help of Wikipedia, T-Pole receives a covert mission from the Vulcan High Command and informs Captain Archer that Admiral Forrest, you know, the guy who wants to be... He's one of the guys, Admiral Forrest. He just wants to fit in and not ruffle any feathers. Um, he's going to be contacting uh, him later about this mission. She remains tight-lipped despite Archer's inquiries as to the exact nature of the expected diversion but later meets privately with Archer and asks that he comes along as well, since she needs someone she trusts. Uh, in conversation with Archer, she later reveals that she trained 17 years earlier in reconnaissance retrieval. Reconnaissance agent retrieval, probably?
0: Yeah, I guess she's an ex Phil. She yeah. trained an ex Uh
1: And now she is, uh, she's got to go capture one of six uh, surgically altered rogue Vulcan secret agents that eluded her before. Uh, Archer, T-Pole, and nice boy Mayweather, uh, track the fugitive Minos to a cantina on the icy Pernaya Prime moon. Uh, it's kind of like a Star Wars cantina, but, but cold. Lots of Uh, aliens in there, some music. There's
0: there's a couple of things that are different. First of all, no one in there is dangerous. Everyone is, they're the worst people in this bar. Them and Minos are the worst people in this bar.
1: I mean, we certainly don't see anybody pop off when they pop off.
0: No, they get in a firefight, and these dang old dudes don't even hit the deck. They are completely surprised that someone might be shooting guns in their bar, and they don't know what to do about it's it.
1: It's true. They don't they don't have an exit plan. They haven't talked about it beforehand, just in case, you know, some shit pops off. Yep. They're just kind of standing around, trying not to get blasted.
0: They're just like, they're saying to each other, is this happening? And here? So- on Farnaya Prime? Yeah. <laughs>
1: and <laughs> it's the most peaceful place in the galaxy
0: man i heard this was a good neighborhood i came
1: here because of the ipa selection and now look at this um and as you alluded to there's immediately uh, a phaser fight uh they capture the dude but they're unable to leave due to a buildup of uh, ice and the acid that they have to put on the deck to to clean it up is that what's happening it's kind of like when you de-ice a plane
0: I mean, basically, the, essentially the runway's closed. Like, yeah. the dude's like, oh, this is a valid warrant, but...
1: Um, yeah, whoever security dude is on that place. Nope,
0: nobody's going anywhere
1: until this snowstorm dies down. That's like, oh boy, that's artificially holding everyone in place. Um, I mean,
0: pick your plot contrivance in this episode.
1: Yeah. Minos starts to play on T-Pole's sense of fairness and honor. Uh, he's got a good life, sustaining his family with an honest job, but apparently he's dying from it, so maybe it's not that good. Wikipedia. t trying to disprove his story, searches for biotoxins in his ship that would indicate he's telling the truth about hauling some dang old spent shells around or whatever, but is unable to... Uh, uh, oh, no, the biotoxin would indicate that he was... Um, that he was that he was doing the bad the bad thing, but what he's supposed to be doing hauling some some
0: spent warp core casing spent that's, warp core injector casing
1: that's what he says he's doing, but what does she think he's doing that he's um,
0: smuggling bio components weapons? for bioweapons.
1: Okay, so that's yeah. why she's looking for biotoxins all she finds is the spent shells he says are going to be there you know what this Wikipedia thing is useless this is a terrible description I'm gonna do it um so anyway, she just finds those shells and she goes back and she's like, oh pff, boy, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, Back on Enterprise, Tucker finds the continual interruptions of command more than he expected. This is the B plot.
0: It's the F plot. It's the no one gives a shit plot. That
1: trip uh, thought it would be cool to command the ship and, like, sit in the captain's mess and have dinner. And it turns out it's kind of annoying to, like, have to make decisions.
0: I mean, like, except for the part where he only thought it for one second.
1: Yeah, they didn't introduce it or anything. He's kind of he pissed off in the beginning he, that he's being left He's mad them.
0: that he doesn't get to go on this mission. <laughs> yeah. And he's mad that he doesn't get to know what the mission is.
1: You're right. One second into his special dinner that he has with Flox and Reed in the captain's mess, he starts being annoyed.
0: Yeah. Uh, he doesn't yeah. get to make the best of it, I guess.
1: It gets worse when a Vulcan ship arrives and he impersonates Captain Archer so as not to let the Vulcans know the captain is away, even though it turns out the Vulcan just wants to talk about water polo. Yep. Always with the water polo. T-Pole also relates to Archer that she's been having uh, some flashbacks to her previous hunt years ago, where she shot some other fugitive called uh, what, jo- Joson. Yep. Because of the Vulcan uh, ramifications on killing, or for killing, she receives uh, a treatment on Pagem, where her memory and emotions of the incident were fully repressed. Back on the planet... Uh, minos organizes an escape by starting a fire but is recaptured by the away team when his cloaked hiding space is detected confirming that he was indeed smuggling biotoxins as the vulcan high command had indicated they have a little firefight on his ship but they're like oh look he was afraid we were shooting in this direction because this is where the biotoxins are sitting anyway yep. on enterprise t-pole offers her support to archer should he ever be in need of it because they're best friends forever
0: yeah, well, also, she knows that he has a crush on him, and she reciprocates because this is the worst.
1: They got they got a mutual crush going on. They're crushing yep. on each other hard, and there's a lot of drama, and they don't know what to she do. She
0: likes how it. he's a petulant baby who puts his dog ahead of diplomacy.
1: I mean, it's hard not to like it. Is though. my theory. Well, I don't know why else she would like him, so, I mean, yeah, I guess. Um. So what was this, uh... But was this anything more than um, somebody's converted script for, like, an early 90s spy thriller?
0: Uh, So, I mean, I guess the only thing... That, so, it's... It, look, it's, it's somewhat constructed, right? Because this is potboiler material. Yeah. But I think that what we're supposed to take from this is that fixating on your past mistakes or past decisions is paralyzing. And that you need to get past some shit. Like... Mm. she is every cop in a cop show who ever fired her gun in the line of duty and is like fucked up about it. Yeah. And Archer is
1: every cop that is not fucked up about firing because he just acts on impulse. He's always
0: that cop's current partner, right? This always happened with her her old partner Mm -hmm. or his or her old partner and now this is the new partner and he's like, look, your mission is to bring him in it's not to litigate the past. Anyway, yep. this is a such a non-sci-fi take Yes, that this is literally a plot that runs in basically most cop shows that run long enough to have characters that you're interested in. I, I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine has had a version of this. <laughs> right. Right? Isn't there someone who doesn't fire their gun or is mm. nervous about guns? Uh, something like that. Doesn't that, matter. It happens a lot. Uh, and so... Uh... Yeah, again, you can't dwell on the past. That's probably true, but it's such a non-sci-fi take that I'd say I only gave it 3 points.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I was going to say Archer in your um in your analogy, Archer is actually like the opposite because he operates only on impulse. Yeah. and would never have any guilt about firing his weapon.
0: Oh, absolutely not. He also has never admitted to making a mistake, I think. <laughs>
1: That's right. I mean, he didn't you could tell in that one episode he didn't like that people thought he was uh, some kind of justice warrior in the galaxy, have to save everybody, but I, did, I also didn't hear him regret anything.
0: Yeah, but he's back back at it again last week. I know. I
1: know. Um, I had a similar thing. I I was just saying even even the most composed people on the outside have uh have dark passengers if you want to go um dexter if you want to go dexter route uh, i
0: wish someone was just fucking their sister in this <laughs> that would have been
1: some, something that would be something to talk about at least
0: you'd be like it's of its time
1: turns out trip's fucking his sister i mean he is oh, from the south no. <laughs> uh i also thought that was only a three because again like who cares? Like, I wanted to think maybe this was about her friendship with Archer in some way, but I couldn't make that leap based on a couple of awkward conversations, you know? No,
0: there are there are a couple of big things that are not really resolved, which is why does she, what is it about herself that makes her want Archer on this mission? Yeah. Like, she recovers this memory as she goes, which is the dumb sci-fi part of the plot. Yeah. It's not necessary, because clearly the emotions of it are still there, right? So, like, the fact that she doesn't remember why would just be the same as saying someone's not in tune with their emotions. It was just
1: so they could write some bad dialogue where the guy's trying to, like, mess with her brain.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we're, we're sort of all on the same page here. Ben's take for this is, what place does independent thought have in the military?
1: Uh, yeah, I can see that. She's an agent. She's been mind wiped or whatever to forget the terrible guilt that she has from an old mission.
0: I mean, I can see right. that. Right. She she's self doubting, and he, Archer's just trying to get her to do her goddamn mission.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, what did he give that?
0: That's a four for him.
1: Okay. The the close.
0: problem is it's it's. They've done such a poor job of showing military decision making or the chain of command or anything that it's very hard to think of these people as being in the military
1: well, especially because and that there's
0: any value to the idea that they are that they have orders that they have to carry out because Archer seems to have unlimited personal authority.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's a general in the field, he can.
0: I mean, they all do. No one her. has more than Cisco. Janeway somehow has less personal authority operating in the Delta Quadrant than Cisco. <laughs>
1: she certainly worries about it more, I think. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's something about being close to the Federation makes you feel more comfortable doing whatever you want. I guess it must be. And being far away, you're like, oh, they're really gonna be judging me on all this stuff I'm doing. Uh, and by the way,
0: we can all agree that the officer who checks in with his superiors and Uh, cares about his orders the most is Kirk so far, right?
1: Yeah, there's always a Commodore breathing down his neck somewhere. They got Commodores all over the fucking galaxy, so... yeah, He's taking his orders from somebody.
0: I, I mean, I love the narrative that Picard is the calm, rational man and Kirk's the cowboy, but like... And it's also true. It is
1: true, but yes, he does. He is in contact <laughs> with his dumb superiors very but he,
0: often. His Starfleet is the one that is the close, the most recognizable as being an organization that could exist.
1: Well, we often ask the question that we're not supposed to ask, which is, "What is the Federation?" But what is Starfleet is a good question too, because it, it, it is. It's we're an accessory
0: question. Over
1: yeah. and over again, that it's not a mili- a military organization, but it also sometimes is very much portrayed as one, and. It, It's just whatever the plot wants. Sometimes the plot wants it to be a a, a, an exploration service, and sometimes the plot really needs it to be like a a real military.
0: Uh, You had a three take for this. How did you feel about the
1: execution? As we kind of discussed, it wasn't really about anything. At least I didn't think it was actually about, you know, her dark passenger. Right. Again, I thought this was somebody's pet crime thriller script that was badly adapted for star trek it's like a mystery crime shoot 'em up thriller um so I, I i couldn't give it very many points on the execution of the the premise uh again a lot of plot contrivances that make it keep going when in reality it should it should definitely have stopped it should have stopped five minutes into that episode um t-pol's acting could have been worse Except, I had, a, I had a
0: thought about this. We'll see. We'll see if it comes up later.
1: Except that she's playing a Vulcan, and that used to mean playing something close to emotionless, and she was basically Archer in this one. Well,
0: let's first of all let's talk about that because I think that's something that Vulcans say. But it ain't Spock, the Vulcan we know the most, and I know he's half Vulcan, but the Vulcan mm-hmm. we know the most and spend the most time with. Spock he can't... is as sarcastic
1: as anybody. He's very sassy. He's an extremely he's fucking
0: Chandler from Friends level sarcastic
1: most of the time. Most of the time it's pretty dry, though. Like, it's a dry... Oh, it's very dry. Yeah. yeah, he's got a look on his face, maybe a little smirk, and he gives it to you that way. He doesn't do a lot of the heavy acting unless he's in the middle of, a like, a robot mind meld or something. Yes, uh, he... <laughs> Right. Um...
0: <laughs> they find occasions for him to bust it out.
1: Yeah, or, like, maybe he really thought he killed Jim Kirk, and then he and, yep. he sees, and he sees him, and, and that's a big explosion of emotion. I'm not even saying it's not warranted if she's going through some kind of craziness um, yep. episode, but it just I thought the acting was fine, except that I don't understand what we're doing with her character or her species.
0: That's yeah, a very good point. Uh, I gave the it a Vulcans, three. these weird commands, yeah, you're right.
1: I gave it a three.
0: <laughs> um, let me see. Uh, I hated the flashbacks.
1: Yeah, flashbacks are always a problem. They did; they at least gave her a different hair. Oh yeah, which is something. No, that's true. I mean, they could have just put her in like a, a different cat suit and then just. You're, been, you're like, absolutely Look. right.
0: It's very much like the flashback we see of
1: Picard coming <laughs> With to <that>. tell Beverly <laughs> this thinning hair
0: about Jack Crusher, and he's got real shitty thinning hair.
1: Yeah, I like that they um, did that. By the way, they didn't like <laughs> make him have like a handsome quaff. He looks real. It's really bad looking. Like yeah, there's a reason he's bald, like he this was not working
0: um boo to her doing Freudian slips, like she found them on Risa, Ugh. I mean him,
1: yeah, that's not good,
0: uh look, by the way, I know this episode is called the Seventh, mm. so when you said that you found five of the six people you went to retrieve, I knew there was a mystery other person. Yep. You don't need to sneak it into that. Well,
1: it was either there was a mystery person or that mystery person was her or something. Like, right. there was going to exactly. be something like that. Yeah,
0: We knew that there was another person in play somehow. Okay. Even Archer could have been the seventh somehow. Like, there could have been... So- it doesn't matter. Is
1: there a reason they have to show us the episode title on the card, like, after the credits come back? Like, I think I it is pure
0: that? Star Trek convention. I don't know why they did it in TOS, but they yeah.
1: do. I mean, they, they can call it whatever they want, and we could just figure it out later.
0: When they fired up TNG, they did it there, too. A lot of them try to be cute. Some of them don't. Jatrell.
1: <laughs> Jatrell was not cute at all.
0: <laughs> um. Even with the revelation at the end... That Minos was a bad guy. This whole thing makes the Vulcans seem extra sinister.
1: Yeah, what are we doing and, with them?
0: And that justifies, or seems to justify, a lot of Archer's petty nonsense about them. What are we and doing? So I dislike that decision. <laughs> exactly. And, and also I couldn't tell why this was having such a strong effect on T-Pole. Is it because she's not they're not Vulcans aren't used to handling their emotions, or is it because she had that weird, strange exorcism? like is that why she's being so weird about this?
1: Yeah, also, why it's... did killing that guy affect her so much? I'm pretty sure we've seen her gun dudes down in this series, and it did nothing.
0: She shot a guy who was going for his gun, yeah it's, that's rough she she did, like, hella snap kicks at a bunch of Klingons last week.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm pretty to, sure she... We've in order to
0: people. lure them into a minefield.
1: <laughs> it was a completely <laughs> offensive action. Yeah. This was not uh, some kind of self-defense. She, didn't,
0: she obviously didn't go to the same school that Spock went to, where... Bloodthirsty Spock from season one would just show up, and Kirk would be like, eh, I, "I, I don't want to kill him," and Spock would be like, "You gotta kill him.
1: It's necessary. It's logical. It's
0: listen. You're killing him. <laughs> yeah. For me to you, kill him. Um. So those those execution points, I think, were a little weak. I give it a four overall. Okay. Um, and uh, Ben has it all the way down to a two.
1: Well, that means we're all sort of in line still. Um, we don't he re- thinks
0: that his take isn't Star Trek. To me, I would have taken points for the take and not the execution there.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's hard to separate them sometimes. Like, you're yeah. like, oh, this is a shitty take. And you go, well, actually, the take's fine. It's just they're not good at anything. Yes. Or right. whatever, vice versa. It can be hard. Um, uh, so
0: he's a five through the top half. Uh, you're a six and I'm a seven. So we're pretty much in line on this one.
1: Uh, what about world building? Uh, they, uh, they did some.
0: Okay. Uh, We get some some nice long looks at Vulcan writing. Yeah. Which I don't remember really being prominently featured anywhere.
1: And it made no impression on me. I don't have any image of it in my head.
0: Yeah, it's like, uh, it seems to be vertical, and there seems to be down, the line down the middle that the characters are written over. Right. Anyway, kind of looks like musical notation in some ways.
1: Okay. But we know they love that dang old harp, so... Is that what they play, or do they play a lute? What do they play?
0: Uh, what a Spork play? I think they call it a harp, but... Okay. It seems to be electric, and it's kind of a, like a lyre, maybe?
1: Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what they're playing. Yeah, yeah.
0: A lute has a, is a stringed instrument with a neck and, then like, a big bowl to project right. sound anyway um vulcan secret agents which
1: yeah it,
0: uh, it's, it's wild that they sent like 25 secret agents surgically altered to this planet
1: and this was to help these uh a, what are they Agaron? what were they called Ag-
0: yeah something like that to help or,
1: them clean up a bunch of cr- like crime rings and shit. Yeah
0: allies with the Vulcans now, but they haven't always been or something like that?
1: Yeah, I think, it seemed to indicate that this action was part of what made them get closer together.
0: Yes, like, the, the she said that the world used to be corrupt. Yeah. And so, yeah, probably the Vulcans were helping to clean out their organized crime or whatever. Right. But apparently, a bunch of their agents hella
1: went rogue. Something great about that place, man. They all, they're just like, man, I'm not going back to fucking Vulcan. Yep, <laughs> fuck that.
0: They love these cantinas.
1: Yeah. Like I said, the beer selection is pretty good.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, it's probably good craft brews. Um, So there's some kind of extradition treaty. This is the only, we'll never again see any attempt to legally justify taking someone off of a planet. Mm Mm-hmm. It, like bar- it barely ever comes up, but they've but got again, some kind of extradition treaty. Presumably because the Vulcans and these guys are allies.
1: Whatever that security guy was, he was like, totally valid.
0: So. Um, the falara
1: That's the name of the dumb ritual?
0: another It's the weird Vulcan exorcism that makes you forget troubling things. Mm-hmm. And um, that whole incident apparently took place on Pajem. So, oh, she's getting got a history. A little, a little more about what those nutty old monks are up to unless it was part of the secret base under Pajem, But in that case, she should have known about it.
1: (laughs) Unless they took away her memories of that incident as well. Yeah. The actual operation. That's a
0: good point. Uh, I think that the Vulcan stuff is, is world building, but it's dumb world building. I only Mm. gave it three points in this department.
1: Yeah, let's see. I mean, I got most of the same stuff. Vulcans are allies with these. Uh, Agaron people. t Paul part of a group of agents, helped make that possible by busting up uh, organized crime. Synthetic biotoxins used for transgenic weapons. Blip.
0: No I th- attempt made to explain what a transgenic weapon is. Uh,
1: I think Reed said he needed computer power from engineering to do his torpedo recalibration. And Trip said that meant having to shut down the warp core. These guys are too comfortable diverting power and just engineering by the seat of their pants, I think.
0: It does seem that way, does it? seems it? like
1: to do anything, you got to do six other things. They uh, don't seem to have a lot of power reserves. No, you got to shut something down if you want to do anything. Uh, xylothoric Acid is what they're using to de-ice that landing deck on Mr. Mm-hmm. Ice Planet. And then, yeah, all the Vulcan Memory Suppression Rituals. Uh, I also thought it was a three. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you you hit a lot more specifics than I did, but
1: it just wasn't anything.
0: And uh, Ben also gave it a three. Uh, they mentioned Risa a couple of times. Her flashbacks take place on Risa, but it could be in any yellow jungle.
1: That's right. Yeah, for some the reason they did some color change to that film. No
0: one is no one seeking Jamahearon in that chase through the jungle.
1: No, they don't run past any scantily clad ladies. Or if they do, they don't find it. Or horgons. He's not like running with a horgon in hand or anything. Um, which would have been kind of funny, actually.
0: So that just leaves Enterprise's strength characterization.
1: Yeah, this is where they really shine, every, just yeah. week in and week out. As yeah. always, Archer is completely incapable of being cool when T-Pole informs him that there will be orders coming from Admiral just want to be one of the guys' forest. He even tries to blow up her spot on the bridge.
0: Yeah, he can't we're, be cool for a second.
1: In front of everyone, he's like, well, <laughs> we're all in the dark because of this one over here. Um, then, in his quarters, if the Vulcan High Command has a problem with the water polo match, I'm watching, wah, hey, he's wah, a wah. Real baby, oh real my baby God. God. <laughs> It was hard to watch. <laughs> we get it, dude, you like water polo um, then he pulls the exact same shit that he was so mad at T pole about with trip,
0: and he by the way, has a shit eating grin about it,
1: yeah, he's like, oh, I can't tell you anything. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? We're such a fucking asshole. Trip plays along with Archer's dumb attitude in the beginning because he's an ass kiss crony. Uh, yeah. But then he's all butthurt when Archer does the same thing to him, and he decides to uh, take it out on him by indulging in the captain's mess, I guess.
0: Yeah, by ordering dinner.
1: Yeah. To top it off.
0: I bet Archer's not going to be too mad about that dinner. <laughs> no.
1: To top it off, he's the world's worst liar. Yeah. And, for uh, real. He could not. Could not lie to that Vulcan captain for more than like 11 seconds without blowing it. Uh, Before T-Pole was in the science ministry, or whatever they call it, she was in the security ministry, or whatever they call it. (laughs) That career path makes a lot of sense. Um, Used to hunt other agents. Whoever had this had no qualms about absolutely obliterating T-Pole's backstory, by the way. Yeah, for sure. She's like, I got a bunch of new ideas for T-Pole. Uh, who cares? Whatever, whatever other stuff we've already said about her. This is her new backstory.
0: I bet, I bet the guy had like ten more ideas that didn't get in there too. Like, she used to use sex as a weapon, and <laughs> oh, Jesus <laughs> yep. Christ. Uh, Can you just say that she went and retrieved these guys.
1: And as I said, she really she came out with all those Archer emotions in this episode. Um, <clears throat> I gave it a two. So this is not your favorite episode of the week. I didn't necessarily enjoy this episode. Oh, I didn't enjoy it at all, is what I mean. Oh, okay. All right. It wasn't good.
0: Uh, I spent a long time after this episode thinking about whether her trust in Archer had been earned. Yeah. And I, I guess maybe it has. She doesn't appear to be close to anyone else on the ship. She has a totally weird relationship with Hoshi and no relationship at all with anyone else.
1: Even Trip, who is always in the room. Yeah. Like there's always those three, and yeah, she has no relationship with him at all.
0: Yeah, he doesn't exist. He's not even a part of the crew, as far as she's concerned. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I guess maybe it has, and especially if she has weird feelings about the Vulcan Security Services, like he is the opposite of a Vulcan. So that's true. You know, like yeah, if, if you're it, mad if at this the Vulcans. shit, is, is deep in her somewhere. Yeah, exactly. If you want to talk shit about the Vulcans, he is your go-to guy. There's like, there's he will only tell one you all spot. about his daddy's dreams.
1: Yeah. <laughs> My daddy built the most beautiful engine. And you guys wouldn't let us fucking fly, fly, spread our wings and fly.
0: So with, I'm inclined with Enterprise to be favorable to just a non-misstep. Okay. Like, I don't think that's particularly insightful. I just... Can't fault it, I guess. Grading on a curve. Even in an episode where Mayweather is one-third of the crew, they give him nothing to do. I
1: noticed that.
0: He gets to be the clever boy and call him up to the front of the ship and be like, Hey, I noticed uh, I noticed there was uh, condensation. I noticed the one book on the shelf that didn't have spider webs on it. <laughs> so I tried to pull that out, and the bookcase did turn around.
1: And uh, now I will go back. I'll stand in the back again, and yep. you won't have to hear from me anymore.
0: Uh, and uh, Trip is such a lousy captain. He should he should have his line clearance revoked. Oh, like, for
1: sure. His answer to everything was, uh, "I don't know." I'll get back to I'll get back to you about it.
0: From now on, engines only. You are not. You can't take bridge shifts, and yeah. you can't talk to anyone. Agreed. Uh, I gave it a four. Okay. Again, it's getting credit for the main characterization part of the episode where. To Paul and Archer have to work together, or sure. she needs him to help her, not being a total nightmare.
1: Yeah, that seems fair. I gave it n- no credit um, for all of the shit before they go on the mission with Archer and this <laughs> wild ass backstory. Oh, yeah, Archer still
0: sucks a dick, yeah. for sure.
1: <clears throat> Goddamn trip. That B plot, what the fuck?
0: <sighs> the B plot is terrible. I mean, it's just so bad.
1: Uh, it looks like, uh, uh, Ben also gave it a two on characterization. Yep. No one liked this episode.
0: In <laughs> fact, for quick hitters, Ben wrote, why bother?
1: <laughs> I wish, I wish I would written that.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure,
1: uh, you can I'm sure it.
0: you'd love to hear mine. Yeah, um, go for it. So not just Archer, but everyone on Enterprise is a whiny baby now, huh?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, they learn from, uh, example.
0: And, uh, Lee... Uh, Leaving Trip in charge of your ship seems like a slightly worse idea than leaving Porthos in charge and giving Hoshi the task of translating
1: for him. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they try that as a She's joke. She's not
0: confident enough to actually be in charge, but if she could pretend that the dog was in charge and she was just translating for him, I think that might give her enough of an out that she could get things done. She'd
1: feel like she had a little bit of cover there.
0: She'd be like, listen, you, you don't want no, like to get get do it. the dog. Yeah, it's
1: like I, the dog said it. You know, Commander Porthos is in charge.
0: Uh, I was mad that the people in this space dump didn't have good hit the deck instincts.
1: No, they had. Um, actually, let's raise my neck up a little higher so I can see what's going on instincts, which is yep. not good.
0: Uh, did you notice in the hologram, Minos' kids are wearing TNG boots? I'm glad they kept those things around.
1: <laughs> they needed to put them somewhere and they. God, there's probably those a whole bunch of those fucking around. Fucking the
0: same boots that Alexander and Clara were wearing. <laughs> The kid, the ki- Harry, the kid who made dolphins. Sure, yeah, Harry Jr. They all had those boots. Harry, those J- colored...
1: Harry, what was his last name? Harry... Uh, Fuck. Sh- Alright, well, Harry Jr. it'll have to be.
0: Harry Jr. it is. Harry Connick Jr., probably. There you go. Uh, is Was Jocelyn the Vulcan who invented class rings?
1: <laughs> is that what he was wearing?
0: No. But oh. Justin's is. Oh, uh, I see so, what you're
1: saying. I uh, got gotcha. doing, doing a doing a
0: gag. Uh, seeing T'Pol back in her cat suit at the end re- made me realize how much I liked her in a parka.
1: Parka was good. And this is
0: this is what I wanted to say about her acting in this. Is is she acting better in this than in other episodes, or is she just wearing normal clothes and it somehow seems like better acting?
1: That could be because it. she
0: it makes her seem like more of a person.
1: Hey, if she looks good in a parka or better, you know what I mean? Maybe we should just put her in a real uniform and just see how yeah, that Yeah, just put her, put her in a flies. uniform
0: or dress her up like a Vulcan would dress.
1: Yeah. Something like just that. Just see if it makes any sense. But you're right. That. Um, either we registered it uh, better or it made her more confident. I would, yeah. I would believe either of those.
0: Definitely one of those two things happened. Hey, what happened with that virus that Flox was talking
1: about? The one that uh, Trip said he'd get back to him about? Yeah. <laughs> Probably affected everybody.
0: did Trip learn anything about himself as the result of this?
1: He learned that... I think he learned what you learned, which is that he should not be in that chair.
0: Like, they kind of don't check back in on him, on how the whole being captain thing
1: went. No, which is why it's the worst, most... Like... It doesn't have anything to do with the A-plot. It just starts abruptly... And it ends abruptly, and you know, there's I mean, no, there's nothing to it.
0: You're right. I deducted a point from my execution score. <laughs> Just
1: take it out on it a little bit.
0: And uh, what's up with Archer's karate gi-, karate gi pajama pants? Why does he wear?
1: Um, those are. Why his does he wear polo white polo pants? linen
0: pants when he's hanging out watching water polo? Is he, my question.
1: Uh, something about the way it makes his his water polo water polo boner look. Hmm. Yeah, that's he wants it to mm. stand out. He gets torqued from the water polos because they wear the little speedos.
0: I gave best actor to, uh, I wrote Minos. Is that his name? Minos, yeah, they called him. Yeah. Um, and I gave worst actor to to Paul. And okay. I just I thought um, weirdly, despite the fact that Archer's character is no more likable in this. Uh, Scott Bakula did a little better job huh. in this in this episode. I thought he d- is better as the uh, partner who's trying to keep, keep a team together than he is as a captain who has to make decisions.
1: Yeah, better as a sidekick. I mean, a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, I got some, I got some quickies. Let's get them quickies. Uh, I you asked if they called him Minos. I originally thought they said Stamos. Oh, man. I was like, they located Stamos? It's about time. He's probably been missing for like 100 years.
0: Oh, what a fucking John Stamos just came on board. I'm the new weapons officer. Reed's dead. <laughs>
1: it's right. Don't ask how. It's, uh... <clears throat>
0: I will sing occasionally, but otherwise you're going to like
1: me. It's mostly the Beach Boys. So it'll be fine. <laughs> um, I didn't want to rewind to check, so I just waited until they said Minos later on. Um, Yep. Tripp said that he can polish all the handles and rails in engineering. Does that include the ones you use for bludgeoning stunt doubles?
0: I don't I'm not sure those have been invented yet.
1: Oh, they don't they don't necessarily have the fighting handles in engineering. I mean,
0: you can polish Lucite, I guess, but... But that, why? I mean, that's how it gets transparent. Like, if you get some scratches in there, you're going to need to polish them out. Oh.
1: Uh, let's see. Um, this dude certainly doesn't sound Vulcan. Minos.
0: No, he has really taken to yeah. his undercover life. It's like when we met those laughing Vulcans who turned out to be rapey.
1: Of course. But of course they did. Because the first time yeah. you seen them, you went, oh, okay, I know what's going to happen here. One also, no one had tried
0: raper. to rape T-Paul yet, so. That's right. You know.
1: <laughs> that was a plot device that was chronically underused in season one.
0: They were like, come on
1: with this. It's, it's time. Maybe in season two, we'll get more attempted rape.
0: What fucking dipshit episode was that? (laughs) It was an
1: early one, right? Oh, yeah, it was pretty early. We didn't get long before the attempted rape. Um, Let me see if I can figure out which one that was.
0: I don't know. I I looked back over them and I didn't find it mm. in the
1: names, but... Uh, I don't care anymore. Um, So when I was thinking that this was like somebody's shitty early 90s crime thriller... I could see somebody like Gina Davis playing an agent with like a tricky memory. Oh yeah, who's hunting down some guy from her past, and he has the power to f- like fog up her mind with his words. He's a really manipulative, and I, I thought sidekick Tom Berenger, but I couldn't figure out who the bad guy would be.
0: It's a good, it's a good choice. Except I definitely want her partner to be Denzel Washington instead.
1: Okay. Um, maybe but bad I think guy. that was
0: because they did a movie like this.
1: If bad guy's kind of like a little weirdo, maybe he's like a James Spader or
0: something like that. Yeah, that's he cool. was so young looking in the early '90s. Is the only trouble. Mm, oh yeah, if it's gonna be like a, about their past with a
1: James Spader. I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll workshop it. I guess yeah.
0: that's worth thinking about.
1: It's hard to believe this guy's innocent when the first thing he does is open fire on Archer in this, in yeah. this scene.
0: Yeah, that is tough.
1: That kind of took away a lot of the. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's not bad. Maybe she's remembering things wrong. It's like, nah. This guy just straight up tried to blow their heads off when they came in. Yeah. Um. That's it. I stopped. I kind of stopped taking the notes. Yeah,
0: and boy, that that whole um, is she going to shoot him in the back or not? Tension at the end is is kind of undercut by the fact that we know phasers can stun
1: people. Yeah. So yeah, she definitely will shoot him in the back, and it's on stun. So.
0: Also, Archer sees that she's having all this trouble and he doesn't just stun the guy. I know. He talks her into it. You shoot him. I don't want to do it. You do it. It's your mission. So he's he's only minimally helpful, is yeah. what I'm saying.
1: He's not as helpful as his sidekick in um, Quantum Leap.
0: <clears throat> yeah, Al.
1: Al. Uh, Ziggy? The... Al.
0: Ziggy's a computer.
1: Al, the guy who runs that uh, prison that uh, that Archer did a jailbreak in. That's right.
0: Well, here's the good news: we don't have to talk about this episode ever again, unless we want to.
1: That's good. But well, sometimes we'll refer to it. We'll go. What was that fucking shitty episode where T-Pole was a secret agent? And then I'm gonna say, oh,
0: remember. the
1: seventh. Yeah, we probably won't remember the name of it.
0: They should have called it Double O Seven.
1: Huh, Double O Seventh.
0: Double O Seventh.
1: That would have been. That would have been confusing.
0: Uh, next up is uh, TOS, and this week we watched. The Changeling.
1: (laughs) I'm so glad they made that change for season two.
2: Ben's pick of the week.
1: Hi, this is Ben Town, your remote Star Trek edition correspondent with my pick of the week.
0: Pick of the week. I mean, TOS is his default pick of the week, but uh, he did score at the most points.
1: Mm. Most of the time, it has turned out to be our pick of the week, too.
0: I mean, yeah, it's true. It's way ahead. Um, Enterprise is, yet again, responding to a distress call. When they arrive at a system previously inhabited by four billion, I thought they were people, but it turned out they weren't, (laughs) but which is now devoid of life. So, uh, that's some stakes, huh?
1: Yep. That's uh they're going hard right in the teaser
0: suddenly, the ship's uh, shields snap on as a bolt of energy approaches at ultra warp speeds.
1: yeah
0: uh, it hits them, and Spock uh, gives the somewhat anticlimactic announcement that they can only take three more of those shits.
1: <laughs> That's right, so that we can do a little bit more shaking.
0: Uh, so sure enough, they do. Yep, uh, these things are coming in at warp fifteen. That's fast. they're able to find the source and fire on it, but they do no damage. So uh, finally, with no shields and no other options, Kirk tries hailing it, and the spacecraft uh, responds with an old, uh, an old identity code, an old style radio beacon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, once they work out how to talk to it, it identifies itself as Nomad, and they beam it aboard because it's. It's tiny. Yeah. It's the size of a water cooler.
1: They, at least sensibly, they don't beam it directly next to their warp core. So that's good. They beam it to the transporter room, which is a better choice.
0: Yeah, I don't think they have inner ship beaming. Good. Um, I think everything goes through the transporter room that gets transported
1: in this show. Then it is accidentally a much safer system.
0: Yeah, it really is, huh? (laughs) Uh, It's a machine. It's a living machine, and it was changed by an encounter it had with the other mm-hmm. and Spock and Kirk recognize it as an old Earth probe, so they take it down to the auxiliary control room and show it some star charts, and it's like, yep, that's me, I'm from Earth, also Kirk, you are the creator, the Kirk, you programmed
1: me Kirk unit even if you I mean if you will allow it. It's
0: very close to saying Kirk Unit for sure. Uh, and it reveals that its mission is to wipe out biological contamination. That's great. Whereupon Kirk almost loses his cool and reveals that he is not its creator. And Spock has to be like, no, 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 no.
1: It's actually, uh, he's, he, what he was going to say was that he's, he's your double creator. That's how much he created you.
0: Uh, so they leave, uh, they leave Nomad with a random lieutenant in that room.
1: Uh, random uh, Lieutenant Singh.
0: He is Lieutenant Singh. Okay. Have we seen Lieutenant Singh before?
1: Uh, we have not, but I wasn't convinced he was a real Indian. And so I looked him up and it turns out he is Hawaiian.
0: Oh, super good. Yeah. Just like when they had, uh... Ricardo Montalban, play an played an and had a real Indian sitting on the bridge. Just <laughs> just a raw insult.
1: Just to fuck everybody's shit up. That's all right, uh, dude. He did all that sweet yoga, so it was very authentic. It was.
0: Anyway, uh he gets distracted by Lieutenant Uhura singing on the radio again.
1: Making her own hold music, as she does.
0: And <laughs> and uh Nomad just uh leaves the room and tracks her down. Because he, he hated wants to this. know wants to know all about this music. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, in a briefing room, Spock reveals that a Doctor Jackson Roy Kirk designed Nomad to be the perfect thinking machine, which sounds sinister, but doesn't really come up again.
1: Well, also, so he he created it to be the perfect thinking machine, and then he then shot it into, it into space. space. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, uh, all of my life's work. Now, just shoot it into space. But, I, I don't but, need it anymore.
0: Wait, you're sure it's perfect? It's gonna, Oh, yeah. It's oh, it's do, up
1: there right now, being perfect. It's going to do all the great thinking that we need in space.
0: It's just like how Elon Musk built the perfect car and then fucking fired <laughs> it into space so we'd all know how perfect it was. That's right. Um, it's original uh, mission to find life in the galaxy has been perverted somehow. Yeah. So, no man shows up on the bridge um, because he wants to get a front row seat for Uhura's insane concert. Right. Uh, he doesn't understand music and it makes him crazy
1: he hates it he throws up and he punches someone
0: he, uh, he scans Uhura's brain to learn about music and then straight up blasts Scotty to death when he tries to intervene mm-hmm. um, also Uhura's brain is hella scrambled which does lead to this interaction
1: oh thank you that unit is defective its thinking is chaotic. Why? Absorbing it unsettled me. Tell me more. That unit is a woman. Uh. A mass of conflicting impulses. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Tell me about it, no man. Fuck women, you, women, right? And of course, Spock is in there to talk about it because we already know what he thinks about women.
0: Yep, Spock's just there <laughs> to knew. let him know why <laughs> he knew he's so confused.
1: What the robot meant by all that? He's like, oh, yeah, because yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a it's yeah, a woman. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, be- uh, because by the way Spock could have just said yeah she does sing on the bridge that is very weird yeah, she is the ship weirdo
1: I asked her to stop but a lot of the white men ask her to do it and so she doesn't really have a choice so
0: um, anyway don't worry about it Nomad read Grey's Anatomy and now he can fix Scotty Yeah, he can't fix quick. Uhura by the way but everyone is totally cool with the idea of just re-educating her
1: which, again, we'll get into it. Right, we'll get into it. <laughs>
0: um, Spock decides he needs to mind meld with this old boy, because of course he can do that. I mean, he did mind meld with a living rock a, a few weeks ago. It was a so
1: rock, so why not a robot? Fuck it,
0: why not? Um. So, he does a one-mad play about <laughs> Nomad and Tonru on the ocean, <laughs> yeah. and it takes a toll on
1: everyone. Yeah, everyone's very tired, I think, at the end of it. Uh, he
0: explains that Nomad merged with a colonization probe sent to sterilize soil samples, and that's when Kirk says the name of this episode title.
1: Mm-hmm. Some sort of changeling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh,
0: Tanru. Not important that that's its name. They just threw that in for a flavor. That's a uh, Kodos, oh. the executioner, or whatever.
1: Or Gomtu, or whatever.
0: Yeah. Right. Um. Anyway, Nomad breaks loose and uh, defends itself against a couple of red shirts before showing up in engineering and giving the ship super engines. Which Kirk just tells him to
1: stop. Please stop doing just that. Just knock that right off. Yeah. We like the regular engines. Uh, turbo warp or whatever. Ultra warp speeds. We're not. We're not not we're for us. Want, we don't want that.
0: Yeah. But, um, but then Kirk does a whoopsie and uh, admits that he's a biological unit. He oh, says, God. I'm a biological unit and I created you. And then Nomad gets sassy. Yeah. It wipes out another pair of guards, and it reads Kirk's file, and then it shuts down life support all over the ship. Right. Um, But don't worry, because Kirk goes to uh, reason with it in engineering and pulls a Landru on it, convincing it that it is itself imperfect and must be sterilized. And while it's fucked up dealing with that, they uh, beam it into deep space where it self-destructs.
1: It's kind of sick, but I've already lost count of how many times he's tricked a robot with like uh, logic I feel like tricks. this is maybe the third or fourth one It's it's very aggravating This is only week 32, come on Come uh, on guys he,
0: did, he, did he talk <laughs> Ruck to death, or just
1: He talked to the other robots into doing all kinds of shit In that episode, I don't right. know if he actually uh, I
0: know he seduced the other robot
1: Yeah, for some reason That was something that was in her programming That was capable of happening
0: Yeah, anyway, he's like, a sentient machine uh, Don't worry,
1: I got this one <laughs> I got it. Yep.
0: Uh, and then they all have a stand on the bridge and have a little joke about uh, Kirk's good, good son who killed four billion Malurians.
1: Well, they're dead now, so what's the. What's anybody worried about? Like, they His attack.
0: son, the doctor. <laughs> right. Oh, also, uh, Christine Chapel teaches her to read. And, uh, uh, and then McCoy shows up in the bridge and says so she's up to a college level now and she'll be back on the job within a week
1: it took yeah uh, to, that's why he was so confident that's why he was He's probably gonna
0: erase the memory of her father though just to be sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. matthew
0: what um was this episode about here's what i got okay i cannot wait
1: there is more to the universe than order and efficiency I tried, but I couldn't find much more than that. The robot just kept shouting that the, everyone was not, they weren't, they they were cluttered and uh, inefficient and that he had to kill them. And um, Kirk, as always, showed why um, humanity wins because it can, like, be chaotic or whatever. Uh, this is why seemingly ordinary takes get such high scores from me sometimes. <laughs> Because Because you
0: have to make something up?
1: Because we get a lot of the dregs like this shit, so we are grading on a curve. Sometimes you'll get one that seems pretty ordinary, and I have to give it like a six because it's just easy to identify, and it's something. Uh, This is a two. It's two. Those points.
0: Uh, Let's check in with Ben. Ben gave it five. He says, with no one to check your programming, you can get all sorts of fucked up. There was no way for Nomad to realize it was thinking crazy and wrong, since it had nothing but its two
1: half brains to reference. That's a that's a tough take. That's complicated. There's a lot going on in that take.
0: Ben, are you lonely? <laughs> I just want to check. Uh, I went to Ben's take because uh, this is my no take for the week.
1: Oh, I see. So you literally could not settle on anything that was that you could throw in there and give it a point or two there yeah here's
0: he, here's where here's where i am with this one we're just doing whatever we can to survive out here this is like nothing happens in this episode that's anybody's fault yeah kirk plays one bad card when he admits to being biological right but otherwise it's hard to see what anyone could have done differently here yeah except it's like th- this is nobody's mistake because it's not about the fact that he was a thinking machine. Because who knows what happened when the, with that other probe.
1: Yeah, because... This uh, fucking...
0: This old boy was disabled by a meteorite in deep space. Then a fucking super advanced probe from an alien civilization came and they merged.
1: And that probe must have had some fucked up shit How much of that up up is the fault of on?
0: Jackson Roykirk?
1: Yeah, how much... I mean, well, how much of the faults with this one are the result of that other probe? Was that other probe some kind of evil devil probe? Like, what happened there?
0: Yeah, well, not explored.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Except that we know its name.
0: So it's like this is not the result. This is just something that happens to the Enterprise.
1: Yeah, that's a weird shit. In and space. they
0: they manage to escape it. And by the way, if Kirk's name hadn't been James Kirk, I know the probe would have wiped them all out.
1: And by the way, it's kind of embarrassing that that it had a kind of error that would allow it to think that that was the right name.
0: Yeah, uh, this this enemy uh, ever coming into existence is a huge coincidence. Yeah. It encountering Kirk is a huge coincidence. The fact that they beat it is due to nothing more than coincidence. So There's you don't Nothing buy, you can take away from this episode.
1: So you don't buy that what they were trying to say was um, the humanity's imperfections will will um, are also its strengths or anything like that. Because I think that's what they were trying. I think that's what they made the why most half-ass he, attempt at.
0: Why didn't he explain well, to he did. Nomad at any point that uh,
1: he said, "I'm being imp- uh, I'm a uh, uh, biological being and I'm imperfect." And all this stuff, and yes, yeah, he said,
0: to... "I'm imperfect, and I created you. Yeah, therefore, part you're a logic, logic
1: game." And the robot was constantly talking about how it had to. This wipe
0: is out not. All this things. is not the same as when Kirk explains that you need your evil side to, to make <laughs> command decisions.
1: <laughs> well, it does help when he says the thing out loud. That's yeah, helpful. but
0: like, they don't beat this guy by being imperfect. Yeah, they beat this guy by out-logicing a computer. That's true. The same as always.
1: Well, I only gave. Anyway, it Anyway,
0: we don't have to argue about it. You gave it uh, two points, and I gave it zero points. Yes, yeah, yeah. No,
1: I just wanted to make sure that they, they, you were not uh, at all compelled by. I wasn't going to say by what Ben said because I don't. I still don't really understand. There was a lot there.
0: Yeah, but uh, by the way, you know my rule. It's a no take, so it also scores zero for execution for See, that's,
1: that's, yeah, I don't. I don't agree with that rule because there are other aspects to the execution of the episode. If Maybe you didn't. fucked
0: up. You fucked up the most. Your episode is nothing.
1: It's true. Yes, it is. It is vital that your episode. It's the most about you something. can fuck up.
0: That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's true.
1: All right. So uh, zeros. Here's what,
0: I The one good thing I had to say about the execution, I was surprised by how not bad the hovering probe is.
1: It's true. You couldn't see, like, really super obvious wires, but I don't know how much of that was this is an HD
0: remaster. They could have cleaned it up, but, like, it wasn't moving that much like it was just swinging on a goddamn wire.
1: Yeah, Spock kind of slow dances with it at one point.
0: Just compare to the um, fried eggs from Operation Annihilate.
1: (laughs) That are flopping around. (laughs) Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. That was your only execution point? It's a real dump of
0: an episode. It's bad about women. It's very, it's very weird about Uhura. Everything that happens to Uhura is very weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, spoiler alert. This is the one that I have rated worst of all the episodes this week. Yeah.
0: So, I, I it's hard to like. It's hard for me to even really want to sneak points in here.
1: Well, that, that sounds fair. Um, so,
0: yeah, what are you, where are you at in the executions?
1: I well, sure showed that haughty robot who was boss always telling people they're imperfect and shit, but then pow, guess who's imperfect now, you dick. Uh, Sick Robocam, at one point. as They're leading the robot off the bridge. You get weird robot eye view or whatever.
0: That is true. Yeah, actually, they did some robot cinematography that wasn't too awful. I
1: I was like, hey, look at that. They're doing a thing. Uh, And then I have here here written, sick racism. It seems (laughs) like she speaks Swahili fine, but only her English reading skills count
0: uh really did you feel like that sounded like fluent swahili because i don't speak swahili and it it did not seem right to me she was speaking
1: quick and not stuttering and pausing a lot like she was when she was reading english so i think they meant us to believe that she was speaking swahili
0: as a racial memory she can speak swahili (sighs) because
1: that's what happens if your mind was wiped because we know that language is genetic and in your brain Yep. You would still be able to speak Swahili just but fine. But I'd have to
0: teach you how to read the word ball. But balls tricky. But you'd be tricky. able to speak Swahili. <laughs> it
1: was so bad. It was so bad. Uh,
0: f- poor fucking Major Barrett sitting there oh, had to be patronizing. No, not no, in Swahili. No, Uhura. not Swahili. In English. <laughs> the only language you can speak on a starship. The only
1: one that counts for sure. Um, speak the white language, Uhura. As we said, you are like, right now, you're like uh, elementary school education. Um, even though for all we know, all of your math and stuff has been retained in your brain too. Cause that's genetic. Who knows?
0: Yeah. She <sighs> has a huge aptitude for mathematics. They say
1: execution was a three overall. Okay. <clears throat> uh what did ben have on the execution
0: uh ben gave it a four for execution i should say by the way that although this is a ben's pick of the week he only gave it 18 points which is fairly low for ben uh, yeah for a week winner, i
1: think he thought it was a bad crop and i guess he's not completely wrong
0: um yeah he he mentioned the cinematography uh he doesn't he had forgotten that the plot relied on the machine recognizing Kirk as his creator specifically yep. as opposed to humanity being the creator more generally yeah. like in V'ger. One yes. of the ways that V'ger is better.
1: Also the special uh, effects are better. I'm just saying yeah, more
0: camera angles, poor Nichelle Nichols having to learn her whole life over. How does she know Swahili? Yep, yeah, that's yep. right. Kirk yep. talks a machine to death again. Yep. Yeah. yeah if he give it a four for execution, which is not
1: a good score. No. Um, world building here. I'll, I'll, I can do, I can do some of this. Cymbeline Bloodburn. The energy wave is coming at them at ultra warp speeds, even warp fifteen. The energy of ninety torpedoes took their shields down to twenty percent.
0: Yep, that's super wild, huh?
1: Is that because? torpedoes aren't supposed to be used against shields? Are you supposed to knock someone's shields out and then use torpedoes? I'm yeah, just trying I, to figure I, out in-universe yeah. why they would be able to sustain more than 90 torpedo hits.
0: My imagination is that whoever was coming up with this was like, well, you use your torpedoes when you're at warp speed. And you you don't have shields when you're at warp speed. Uh-huh. And you use your phasers when you're fighting. And those are effective. I don't know.
1: I don't know. It, I, I just...
0: It, it's so... It, that's not what's wild about this. I mean, that sucks. That yeah. sucks a lot for sure. But what's wild is then in the next moment when they fire one torpedo at the ship. Yeah, and Kirk's like, how could it? How could anything possibly absorb that much
1: energy? <laughs> You're like, you fucking idiot! One minute ago, we like, told you that we just absorbed Spor- ninety Sporg times. Sporg
0: just said <laughs> that it, the energy of ninety photon torpedoes <laughs> drained your shields twenty percent. <sighs>
1: Anyway, so it's a question for me. I I don't understand how it all works. Um, The Malurian race, as he says, disappeared. Um, I'm not sure that's the correct way to put it. Uh, Translator computer. Analysis sector. History computer. We're learning a lot about these various functions of the Enterprise and its crew.
0: I love to think that they're all separate physical computers because that's how this was imagined in and 1968.
1: And you got to put all the separate. They got a box of tapes next to each one. and You got to put the separate tapes in. Yep. McCoy seems to think filling Uhura's brain up again should be pretty easy. I mean, really, he's got a shit-eating grin on his face when he. When,
0: he really is like, <sighs> oh fuck
1: yeah! That's a hell of a good idea. That should be easy. Uh, then in the we'll next, we'll just year, make a whole new person. We talked about all the Swahili stuff. It's real garbage. Uh, negative world building for everything that happened there. Um. Spock can mind meld with robots. Sure, great. Negative world building. Um, they have energy force fields in the brig, though. I'm not sure if we've seen that yet on TOS.
0: I don't. Know. I don't think we've seen the
1: brig before. Yeah. Uh, I gave it one, and I wanted. Well, you
0: know, they they probably they probably
1: put Khan in the brig. They add a lot of things in there, but I had so much negative world building that I gave it a one.
0: Yeah, I'm in kind of a tough spot here because <laughs> looking at it, I have a lot of shit written down, mm-hmm. but when I read it back.
1: You Malarian system it. had
0: 4 billion inhabitants, ultra-warp speeds, enterprise shields can take single burst containing energy of 90 photon torpedoes, maintenance crew C5. Oh, nice. I missed
2: kind that one. Kind of a
0: general-purpose science lab here. Nope, turns out to be the auxiliary control room. Mm. Polymass, interfactor, warp dampers. These are all things Scotty says. Anti-grav sled. Yep. Education tapes. And you can re-educate someone Billy Madison style in two weeks. Yep. Um, but what I had written here was five, and I wonder if I slipped. <laughs> <laughs> well, did then I've meant two.
1: I've had this problem many times, where I have a lot of things written down, and I go, well, clearly work was done, but I hate so much of it.
0: Yeah, anyway, that's a three, so my score is three. Okay. Um, Ben did give it a five. Okay. Uh, let me see, he has written all of the same shit.
1: yeah. Is uh, there...
0: Kirk asks if the being needs special atmosphere to come aboard you know like a real experienced explorer might
1: oh uh, yeah uh,
0: he thinks the antenna that pops up when Uhura sings is like it getting a boner
1: oh but, they, but I thought he hated it though yeah I thought he hated it and that he hated women but maybe it's because they gave yeah she gave him a boner and he was mad about it okay
0: uh, inside the ship the transporter doesn't work except on the pad yeah I don't I don't remember if they said that explicitly but that does seem to be the case okay um, he had given as much as a five for world building.
1: Okay. Well, again, this is... although I
0: think the Uhura stuff is so terrible, it's hard to argue with. Yeah, I uh, gave
1: negative world building for all the stuff with Uhura and Spock mind melding with that robot. It just made me so mad.
0: Let me run around to characterization though. Okay. Everyone behaves exactly as you'd expect. Sure. Scotty rushes in like an idiot to protect a woman.
1: As we have now seen many times.
0: Uhura sings on the bridge and pipes it throughout the ship.
1: As we've seen many times.
0: McCoy is irritable. Uh Uh-huh. Spock mind-melds something crazy. He does. Kirk double-talks a machine to death. It's true. It's like basically perfect characterization, but Spock is still weirdly sexist and no one gives a shit about Uhura. Yeah. I gave it eight points.
1: Oh my god! So just for consistency.
0: I mean, it's just exactly who these characters are. Like, it's
1: just 100% spot on. I tend to think right down the middle of the road, without any growth, I tend to think of that as, like, a five. I tend to think of it like they did exactly what I would expect them to do. We didn't learn anything new or anything, like, there was no growth. There was no um, plot advancement for any of their stories or anything. It was just like they did what they do. I I tend to think of that as, like, a five because I'm looking for... um, arcs in growth or learning new things or, you know, some kind of work in terms of the characterization, not just, well, what did Kirk do? You can guess. He did what Kirk does.
0: But... I mean, I get it and I hear you, but Kirk talked a machine to death.
1: Yes, that's, that's what he does. that's exactly
0: what you want Kirk to be. I mean,
1: I, I don't not want it.
0: I want him to punch a dude. Right. I want him to tear his shirt. Yep. And I want him to talk a machine to death. That's James Kirk.
1: He didn't get his shirt torn in this one. His hair was a little bit disheveled.
0: I, there was no one to fight
1: in this no. one. You should have punched that robot, except it had force fields. It did have those. Um, Alright, well, let me give you my take, then. Um, yeah. McCoy is as sassy as ever. Maybe even as sassy as he is in the motion picture.
0: <laughs> he didn't say, my god! No, but... I mean, he almost did. He
1: almost did, though. <laughs> he and Scotty are both very mad at this silly robot from minute one. Oh, yeah. As soon as they see it, they hate this thing.
0: Oh, yeah, they're full-on, like... I gotta talk to a robot.
1: I fucking hate this. Uh, Uhura Never makes... should have gone to space. As I said earlier, Uhura makes her own hold music for the crew. It's probably not her choice. She is, after all, a colored woman, and the men of the ship make her do whatever they wish, as we know from oh, previous episodes. Part
0: of, her, part of her responsibility on the ship, for sure.
1: And then after that, I, I had generally not a lot of characterization. Kirk tricked a robot again. It's all the same. That did happen. So I give it a four. Uh, we are far apart on that one, huh? <laughs> I just, to me, I didn't necessarily like it, and I didn't see anything new. And all the things that held true, I kind of didn't like, except for Kirk and that robot, which I always like.
0: Uh, at this point, I want to share that, although we don't tell each other what, we're, what we give each episode, mm. we do share our scores, ordered from highest score to lowest score when right. we're done. And uh, you noted that there was a potential for us to be more than ten
1: points apart on some yes, episodes this week. Which would have week. been the first time. Yeah.
0: So far on the on these two episodes, and I'm, I'll save the scores for the end. We are one point apart on each one.
1: Okay, so we're pretty consistent so far.
0: Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, we're two points apart on uh, the seventh. Okay. So we are lined up. So now I'm wondering if we will hit that big uh, gap at any point.
1: Yeah. Well, I.
0: Were you expecting that I would give this a good score? That seems unlikely.
1: No, I wasn't necessarily... Again, I don't even know which one you gave what. I was was noting that if we didn't agree on what the top one was, I have such a variance in my scores and everything that it's like I have it would if it wasn't the first one we were going to be oh, very yeah, far apart. Oh yeah, you're right
0: because if your top one isn't my top one, my second place one was a lot of yes. points below your
1: your top so one. So just yeah. based on not not knowing how you felt about any of the episodes, just based on the scores, if we don't agree on what the best episode is, we're going to be very far apart. So Yeah. Um again, barring price a uh, price score changes <laughs> barring Fine. barring score changes which I've already made a few of as we've been going along. So
0: Let's get, some, let's get some quick hitters. I can't imagine. I mean, I know we have talked this one almost to death. But yeah,
1: I mean, real quick, characterization from Ben was a four. He noted that Chekhov wasn't in this.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: That's I fine with me so far. I did not notice at all, actually.
0: I mean, Sulu was sitting there, but he wasn't in this either. <laughs> yeah, he
1: wasn't in it. Uh, yeah, we can do some quickies. Um, the music in the teaser already had me fucking ready. Like, if anything, oh, yeah. I went into this feeling energized and ready to go, and I still gave it a terrible score, so they blew their momentum. Uh First, I thought it was another scientist planet. Do- oh,
0: yeah, because they do, some, some doctor somebody hasn't made contact. Dr.
1: Manway, and they call it Dr. Manway's World, or Dr. Manway's GD Planet at first. And I was like, wait a minute, is this literally called Dr. Manway's Planet? And I was like, oh no, okay, it's mal- Malaria or whatever. Um... Oh, I remember which one this is now. Viger. This is Viger Part One. Yeah. Once it's aboard, it won't be taking any more shots at us. Wait, why that's do you say a wild that? Wild idea. Why do you say it's that? It's like though?
0: the most efficient place to take shots. What if
1: it keeps shooting, but from the inside <laughs> this time? <laughs> I did laugh out loud when Scotty very confidently said, "In my opinion, that's a machine."
0: That was the good joke that Scotty told.
1: It's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, dumbass, of course it is. We're looking at it.
0: Yes, because it's not clear at all that what Scotty means by that is, in my opinion, the machine is the is alive. Like, there's no one in there.
1: Right. Yeah. But I just was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, not Kirk Unit, but the Kirk. Um, I For a second, I was confused. Why does this old boy think Kirk is his creator? Oh, because of some other boy named Roy Kirk.
0: Yeah, because of a dang old coincidence. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I thought the mechanical beastie had been lured up there to fuck Uhura, but it turns out he hated, he hated what was happening.
0: Yeah, it's not like this is... He's going to suddenly... like He's sentient enough to suddenly have an appreciation of music, and this is what's going to convince him that <laughs> biological infestations aren't going so to bad. be wiped out. <laughs> yeah. No. He hated it. No, he, he it
1: made him crazy. He killed Scotty and wiped her mind. He ate it. So he had a much.
0: real bad tantrum about it. <coughs> it's too bad. I we... do, he fucking said, "Think about music," and then z- zapped your <laughs> <her> brain.
1: <laughs> he wanted to make sure that she never thought about it again. Um, it's too bad we can't let Shatner react naturally to the death of a crewman. Instead, he has to do a commercial break pose. I know. So when Scotty goes down, he just kind of like stares off into the distance and looks real angry, but it's like, how are you even ever supposed to give a good performance with all of the restrictions of network TV? Now look off into the distance while we play dramatic music and zoom in on you so we can go to commercials. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) Scotty died. We should have been able to get something out of that, but instead it's cheesy nonsense. Um, Yeah. He's not going to be able to repair those two red shirts because he fucking vaporized them.
0: If you think about how they handled this in um, Skin of Evil. Yeah. Obviously, it's different because in Skin of Evil,
1: she's really dead. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm.
0: But you don't necessarily know
1: that. Here's the thing. Based on everything that happened in TOS... absolutely. You had every reason to believe that at the end of the episode, she was going to be alive again. Yeah. Especially because she she died in such a random, like, sudden, meaningless way.
0: Right. But, But think about what happens. She dies... You get, uh, you get tricorder sounds of her life signs fading. Yeah. You get, uh, they want to know what's going on on the bridge because they can just hear it over the comm. Yeah. Then you go to commercial after everyone gets their reaction. You come back, you're in the observation lounge and everyone goes round two.
1: Yeah. They're just talking over each other. They're like, that's right. They can't understand what the hell's going on. Picard's got to kind of shush them down and be like, look. I get.
0: Jordy it. is certain that she was not doing anything harmful, though he was not there. <laughs> it's true.
1: <laughs> he hasn't gone down yet <laughs> to get his uh, visor played with or whatever.
0: Right. But just like think of how the way they handle that versus oh, yeah. Scotty gets hella zapped and flies up against the wall. Yeah. Kirk does a face for commercial. <laughs>
1: that's right, and that's it.
0: Then, then they come back, and then uh, McCoy says he's dead, Jim.
1: Yeah. Uh. And then, yeah, and then, like I was saying, the robot vaporizes those two red shirts, so his knowledge of human anatomy won't help him put them back together. Yep, <clears throat> that's all I had for the quick hitters.
0: Uh, he does four of those old boys, by the way. Oh,
1: does he? I saw the two. I didn't. He I... does a second pair. Oh, later. Nice. Okay, good. God, they're just fucking hemorrhaging crewmen.
0: Uh I was cranked as hell when Uhura started singing "Beyond Antares" again. <laughs> She, first she's just humming it, but later she's singing some words that we didn't hear the first time.
1: Oh, nice. There were some other words. Yeah. I didn't even realize that it was a continuity song.
0: I like that the robot was scoring on McCoy.
1: Yeah. Just
0: straight up telling Kirk that this unit was acting irrationally.
1: Like a woman, almost.
0: Almost like a woman. Um, Fucking everybody on this ship just has to deal with who are singing whenever she wants, huh? Singh did not request that performance. I don't think she
1: wants to, man.
0: He was like, stand by, I'm going to go look at this other panel you wanted me to check. And then <laughs> the she op- just starts, just like, yep, here comes the hold music.
1: The robot, the robot so slowly escapes that room. I yep. mean, just as slow as you can. Anyway.
0: Uh, everybody knows everything about this 20th, 21st century probe. Because it's the subject of another bizarre Academy lecture.
1: Yeah, the Academy seems uh, very eclectic. You're like when they get up to the briefing
0: there. room where Spock is gonna explain the probe, they're like, Yeah, I remember. Uh wasn't that didn't that probe wasn't it a artificial intelligence probe? That we like, space. that's right. In the early twenty first century, as I recall, and they're like, Yeah. <laughs> definitely
1: Yeah, the Academy is an interesting place. A lot a lot of uh elective lecture series.
0: I did like um I did like that they drew up a different version of the Nomad probe, so you could see that it had been changed.
1: Well, yeah, because they
0: designed it twice.
1: And did they insinuate that it was bigger to start, or just that it was different?
0: I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because I think it would I also be didn't wild. want to do the math to figure out if something that size could weigh 500 kilograms.
1: I, I I thought that people in the 60s would probably think it was wild that that you could ever. Create a robot and launch it into space and have it be only that size, but yeah, maybe maybe, they, maybe in the uh, early 21st century they thought you could do it.
0: This is a bad day for Scotty, huh? First, his engines get all messed up. Then he gets killed by a probe. Then he has to take his shirt off and do the wall-mounted stairmaster. I assume. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's McCoy's favorite.
0: McCoy is like, well, we're gonna prep you for a full physical. Scotty don't seem like he loves physicals, that's all. No, he
1: likes whiskey, and probably smoking would be my guess. Yeah,
0: And having inappropriate ideas that he only half expresses about female crew members. That's
1: right. He's more of an uh, act, don't talk kind of guy. How, um,
0: how does Spock know where on the probe to put his hands for the mind melt? Exactly, because he's very careful about it.
1: Yeah, he slow dances with it. I don't know. I don't know. Everything about that made me mad.
0: Um, I did love Kirk's captain's log where he says, The presence of Nomad aboard my ship has become nightmarish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's very mad about it.
0: But he has to be mad in a poetic way.
1: Well, he said the same thing about that lady at the Christmas party, too.
0: And I loved Kirk uh, judging where in this robot's freakout cycle to beam it out. He's like, wait for it. Wait yeah, for he knows. it. Now. <laughs> now is when it's going to explode in space. He knew
1: exactly what. Like, this is
0: uh, some old shit for him.
1: <laughs> well, again, who has more experience talking robots to blow up? Also,
0: from one. now on, we've got Uhura Mark II. Let's just keep that in mind. Yeah,
1: who knows what changes have happened. Her mind of
0: was her. wiped, and all of her experiences have been replaced by the Enterprise's computer tapes. I mean, the
1: only thing we know that held, was held over was the Swahili. So. Yeah. Yeah, she could be totally different. I wonder if she remembers that song.
0: Good point. Maybe we'll never hear Beyond Antares again. I
1: mean, that guy's whole goal was to get rid of music, so...
0: (laughs) Good point. What if she was like, I fucking hate music. (laughs) Wow, that's a weird thing for you to say out loud on the bridge, (laughs) apropos of nothing.
1: I don't think we really finished the re-education. What if in real life, Uhuro's like, I'm so tired of having to sing. Yeah. Can you make it (laughs) so my character gets music wiped out from her brain?
0: I bet that's not true. No,
1: she doesn't have no power.
0: I I should probably cut a record at some point. Oh, God. I mean, mean, Kirk and Spock both did. Like all yellow eyes? Like all yellow eyes. Like
1: that level of record?
0: I assume so. I bet it was standards. (laughs) Uh, I gave uh, Best Actor in this joint to Lieutenant Singh, maybe. All right. When he was uh, asking the robot if it needed anything, and then he was like... I mean, he really fucked the dog. I mean, the character of Lieutenant Singh did a bad <laughs> yeah, job of keeping an eye on that robot. It wasn't the actor's fault, but uh, I thought that was fine. And uh, I give worst actor to uh, Nomad Spock. I did not enjoy his one man play.
1: Just why you gotta talk like a robot? Is that how a robot talks? Tonru. <laughs> Can't you just talk like Spock? Just be Spork a little longer. All right. Well. So, um, good job. Not us. great. Not so great The scores haven't been good on either episode so far
0: Um, Next up in the order though Is uh, TNG And this week we watched Unnatural Selection Hold on, I'm on the wrong soundboard That's okay Unnatural Selection
1: Mm, mm. God, so jaunty Ah, it's so fun I love that Okay this is one of, them, uh, one of them Pulaski joints. The Enterprise receives a distress, distress call from the USS Lantry and arrives at the ship's last location to find it adrift. The Enterprise taps into Lantry's main viewer and finds that the crew appears to have died from old age, even though many were as young as the Enterprise crew. The only evidence of any medical problems was a harmless case of Thalusian flu in one of the ship's officers they discover that the Lantry's last port of call was the Darwin Genetic Research Station on Gagarin 4. Captain Picard orders a quarantine warning broadcast uh, to be set on the Lantry and orders the Enterprise to Gagarin 4, which was actually kind of neat that they bothered to show us the flashing lights on the Lantry. Oh yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Uh, as they near the planet, they receive another distress call from the station's researchers, all of whom have started the rapid onset of... geriatric phenomena they believe is tied to the land tree. When the Enterprise arrives in orbit, the research team's leader pleads to have the station's genetically engineered children brought aboard, asserting that they are safe, as they have been in isolation from the rest of the station. Picard's concerned with exposing the Enterprise to the same phenomenon that was affecting the station, but allows Chief Medical Officer Dr. Pulaski, who they talk about many times in this episode as the new CMO, like this was aired out of order or something... (laughs) To have one of the children beamed aboard encased in styrolite, which shields the. I mean, literally, styrolite, which makes it seem like the kind of shit that your, your garbage gets packed in from Amazon or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, which shields the rest of the ship from possible contamination. The child's brought to sickbay, and Pulaski finds it to be like a, like a, gr- like a grown up child, one of them adult children.
0: That's right. Also, Greek is my read. <laughs> <like that.
1: laughs> Although smooth bodied.
0: Yeah. Is it okay true. to say
1: that? About a I, child?
0: I thought that he—he uh, uh, he reminded me, I should say. He didn't really look like, but he reminded me a lot of Reva's sex talker.
1: Oh, uh, the anarchy of lust.
0: The anarchy of lust. <laughs>
1: yeah, a little bit. He I wasn't, had a clip for that. <laughs> he didn't wear all the same cool outfits, though. Yeah. Um, anyway, she describes him to be near perfection, uh, the next step in human evolution. Uh, She convinces Picard to allow her to take a shuttle away from the Enterprise so she can examine the child outside of the Styrolite without exposing the rest of the crew. And she recruits Data as the pilot. Um, She kidnaps Data. She tells Data he has to come along. Because he might... She thinks he'll be immune to the infection. Even though we've seen him get drunk and all kinds of weird stuff.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, If you prick him, does he not leak?
1: When she removes the Styrolite, the boy awakens and telepathically communicates with her. Because... Because yep. it's
0: a good science, yep. they yep. experimented on every part of the human at
1: once. Yep. She is suddenly struck by joint pain and recognizes, recognizes that she's become affected with the same condition as the Lantry and station crew and orders Data to pilot the shuttle to the research station. Pulaski continues uh, to research the cause of the syndrome at the station, and she learns that the children have been genetically engineered with highly aggressive immune systems that fight pathogens by genetically altering them. Not just inside of the children's bodies, but in the surrounding environment as well. Recalling that uh, the Lantry officer with the Lusian flu, Pulaski postulates that the children's immune system's reaction to the virus has created airborne antibodies that are attacking everything else. <laughs> everything. Mm-hmm. And consequently altering the DNA of normal humanoids to cause them to age rapidly and die. With this information... Uh, the crew of the Enterprise determined that the transporters can... Um, not really, the crew of the Enterprise. O'Brien determines that the transporters can remove the antibodies and recode an infected individual's DNA to normal, but only with a previous bio-pattern of that individual. And they don't have one for Pulaski due to her avoidance of transporter technology. Also, her records haven't caught up with them yet.
0: Yeah, that's right. The physical records are coming via Starfleet headquarters, so it's f- gonna take a while.
1: We're 40 seconds short, and we need to pad this. It's important for us
0: to say that.
1: The crew find samples of her hair and her quarters, and they use it as a template to uh, restore her to full health. Uh, they use the same procedure to restore the station's staff, noting that the children will never be able to live alongside other humans. <laughs> and then they return to the contaminated land tree to destroy the ill-fated vessel. So... Hmm. What was this one about?
0: I mean, this is one of the big five science fiction plots. There are some things man was not meant to know. Uh... In this case, some areas of research that probably shouldn't be conducted, right? I guess. So, it's very classic sci-fi, but it's kind of an un-Star Trek take. Right. And I think it would have been more palatable if this was about the legitimate bad science at work here. Of experimenting on every variable at once, rather than yes. just a don't-go-playing-God episode.
1: This is something that we've talked about recently. But I, I wonder if they thought anyone would be interested in a discussion of like the, real, the good scientific method. Well, but
0: of the five <laughs> series, this was the one to discuss it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: and what was that worth? Three.
0: It's worth three.
1: I kind of thought it should have been about that. But I didn't think they really necessarily cared about the genetic experimentation part. I think it was just the whoopsie in the plot.
0: I th- When they get there, everyone is hella nervous about the idea that the last place this thing stopped was the Darwin genetic research station even everyone is afraid
1: of these kids even Riker is is who's dumb as shit is smart enough to know that if it was at the genetic research station someone did a whoopsie there but they don't ever seem to really confront the issue that they were doing all this genetic experimentation on these kids this like even though it's the cause of all the problems they're all i mean that doesn't. The episode doesn't become about that. It
0: doesn't. It's it, like. Oh, it is true this. that they don't. It yeah. is true that they don't get into that much. Um, no one is jizzed about what they've done to this kid, except yeah. Pulaski. Right. Exactly. She's Everyone's, the only one remotely jizzed about it.
1: It's just her and the lady on the station, and everyone else is just like, "What? I don't." Hmm? What? Um. So I, I thought about that. That was one possible take I was going to use, but I really thought. That they did more work trying to make this a Pulaski and Picard episode, and I thought they were saying it's possible to be working in the same direction and still butt heads, which is not not much of a take and doesn't need to be in sci-fi. So I still gave it a three. Okay, I didn't I didn't find the take in the main science plot, except watch out you don't over science this bitch and kill everyone. But I just didn't. I don't think they really went after it.
0: So, all of the tension in their relationship is imaginary, so yes. it's all based on her assuming that he is like a rigid by the book guy
1: and him assuming that she is not a natural redhead like crusher
0: that's right him assuming that if she unzipped her mm-hmm. uh jumpsuit a little bit, he wouldn't horse laugh about it
1: that's right he wants the horse laugh doctor. There must be a cure. Some formula. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad to have that back.
0: Hey, what's up with the piano music in this scene?
1: Doctor, there must be a cure. Some formula. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that scene has always made me so wildly uncomfortable. I never really noticed it. (laughs) Never noticed that bad music. Why is that in there when they're all just drunk? Yep. I don't know why that... Is she listening to that in the background? She got Pandora playing? Like, what's happening? Um... So anyway, I thought it was about their relationship, even though, yes, they are—actually, that, that was what I thought it was about. That They were both—they're both on the right side, they're both trying to get the job done, and they don't necessarily realize that about the other person.
0: Well, let's check in with Ben and see if he's convincing on this one, because he gave it a 7. For ah! take. And his take is, all achievement has a price.
1: I mean, the, so the achievement is these perfect, smooth-bodied adult teenagers?
0: That are doomed to kill their creators,
1: and the price is that they're useless because they can't be around anybody ever again. Then they gotta live in isolation because they're gonna murder everyone. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He's.
0: I mean, he's right that there's a sci-fi take there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe yeah. we have three different takes on this week.
1: Yeah, that could be. Well, it's like when we do when they do. Um, how did this get made? And they go around and all four or five of them, however many there are and in any given week, have a completely different idea of what the movie was and what it was yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they didn't do a good job on that, on that film. If everybody can walk out with a different idea. Um, execution. Yeah, what did you think? So for my take, uh, they could have been like more at odds or reacted more strongly when they were at odds. Um, I guess if they'd done the latter, it wouldn't really have been TNG if they'd gotten like a big shouting match or something. But as it stands, the execution of the take was nearly as toothless as the take itself. Like They kind of disagree a little bit in the beginning. Um, she has a conversation with Troy about Picard. He has a conversation with Troy about her. For some reason, he calls our old boss...
0: He calls her old boss to get her transporter trace, but why he has to make the call, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Anyway, it's well because he wants to talk about her.
0: Well, because they need to have her boss reveal that uh, she's a big admirer of his secretly. She's actually kind of a creeper. Yeah, she's a little bit of a creeper. Um, she like she definitely. accidentally double-tapped on one of his old Instagrams and liked it. And (laughs) And it was too late. She
1: tried to unlike it, but everyone has that record forever. And so
0: now he knows that she was looking at a post of his from two years ago. Yep. (laughs) Or whatever the current nightmare is.
1: So, I I thought they went more with the weird stuff happening in space and and could have gone stronger on on the take that I thought. Um, The search for Pulaski's personal genetic makeup is such a fake drama time waster. Oh, our yeah. records haven't caught up with Enterprise yet? What does that mean? Why not? And it's, when they um, immediately take the common sense approach to go to recorders to get a sample, and they get one immediately, it's like... What's the point? Well, we re- they really did find themselves 45 seconds short.
0: I mean, listen, the whole thing is 100% nonsense. It's based on the fact that nobody knows what DNA is or does. <laughs> yeah. Two two base pairs one <laughs> two base pairs have been transposed yep presumably a g is now a t or something i guess and as a result people are aging and dying very quickly mhm that's bad but if your dna was like was totally fucked like with radiation poisoning that is something that can happen to you very quick and yep. it it is genuinely very bad news but If they know the exact base pairs that have been transposed, they don't need to find her fucking DNA. Yeah. They just need to switch them back.
1: That's true. Can you do that in the transporter?
0: Having said that, fixing your DNA. So, something bad has to happen because the DNA is bad. Like, either the cells can't reproduce, in which case, I don't think fixing the DNA fixes the problem because the problem is that the cells are dead. All right. Or, the new DNA did some shit, and now there's some bad proteins, and they're attacking your organs or whatever. Right. And fixing the DNA doesn't undo that damage.
1: But if you just send her through a transporter, and then she gets back as old Pulaski, they've already pulled. This no, trick no,
0: I get it. The transporter's six times.
1: magic. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they've already pulled the trick all the time. <laughs> You can't die. I don't understand why Yara isn't back. I just it, it don't is, get it. It really hurts.
0: The, this and this episode does the damage.
1: Ugh. I mean, it
0: sort of started with... Beaming um,
1: Picard out of that cloud.
0: Lonely Among Us, is that what that one's called?
1: Yeah, where he's gone, but they just...
0: And they just... But his patterns, because he never materialized anywhere else, his pattern's still in the fucking buffer. You're like, uh, so at least that's what? better than, like, oh, we've got him on file, we'll just bring him yeah, back. It's on file.
1: Everyone's on fire. If his,
0: if his, as long as his energy can go into the transporter, we'll all be cool.
1: Yeah.
0: So that that was bad. That was bad and dumb that they did that. This one. Yes, but this <laughs> is the one that does the worst because what is death now?
1: Yeah. Who knows? If they got any, what is illness? What is anything? If you're just like anything wrong with you, just beam beam six hours oh, ago. Just me. make
0: me what I was yesterday,
1: and then we'll be have good. beamed
0: out of here last Friday. I was feeling pretty good last okay. Friday. Let's do that.
1: Infinite redos. Okay.
0: Hey, uh. An hour after I beamed down to uh, Lyra 4 last week, I took a really <laughs> satisfying shit. Do you think you could? I want to get that back. Like do that. I'd love to have that happen again.
1: Um. Hey, you know, actually, uh, I saw, uh, I saw a really sad movie, and I can't stop thinking about it. Can you just, can you transport me back to before I seen that movie, and then tell me not to see it? I like. Mean, I'll say <laughs> I want to see it, but like, tell me I shouldn't see it. I just. It, w- it it is kind of a ruiner. Anyway, um so so I mean like
0: that's not 100% what they do here, right? Because what they're saying is we can apply a filter so that when she beams back, we can flip her DNA back to the way it was.
1: Yeah, but then like you said, it fixes all of her problems immediately. That's
0: the problem. Yeah.
1: Yes. Um So anyway, like that whole uh, meaningless chase was just a pad time. Uh, I think so was the weird threat of them only being able to transport her one way. Because, like, who cares? You just said she's dead if it doesn't work anyway.
0: That is true. But it is a nice moment where O'Brien is clearly nervous about that. And and Picard realizes what the the implications are and says, in that case, I'll run the transporter. Well,
1: it's because O'Brien gives it to him in code. Yes. He, he he asks for permission not to beam her in code, which is small touches. I'm going to talk about small touches a lot on TNG uh, this yeah. week. Um anyway, give it a 3 in execution. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I got that. Um <clears throat> so, the important thing to remember is that I have a different take than you. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> because I gave it a 7. Okay. Uh they check basically every box for things man was not meant to know storyline. Yeah. The crisis is unforeseen, but it's a direct result of an intentional change made by the scientists. Yeah. The scientists proudly and hubristically refuse to accept that it could be caused by their research.
1: They're perfect children.
0: The eventual punishment for this doesn't fall on the researchers, but on the subjects of their research. Yeah. They extend the hubris to Pulaski. They make her the mouthpiece for the scientists. So that they can have her repent later and acknowledge that she had been arrogant because that's more impactful than if Dr. Kingsley appears repentant because we don't care about her or ever expect to see her again.
2: Right.
0: I liked the scenes of Pulaski consulting other crew members. Yeah. On how to deal with Picard. Um. But I don't think the sudden Picard-Pulaski tension is effective based on the work that was done in previous episodes. Yes. So this, that's why it's only a seven. That's
1: why me. I was asking if this aired out of order. It's.
0: It, I didn't see anything about it airing out of order. Because
1: it is reasonable that he would, um, you know, wait a while to make a decision on her and evaluate her and everything, but everything about the way this episode was written made it seem like he was, like, she was brand new and he needed to figure her out.
0: You know, my read on that is that that whole intro is there to up the stakes of Pulaski who we've known for six episodes or whatever getting an episode
1: well or just headlining an episode I mean this is a Pulaski she runs the whole show basically yeah but yeah I think they're like we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a Pulaski thing we better like
0: uh Ben who gave this a seven for his take gave it a two for execution Okay. Uh, Saying that the friction between Pulaski and Picard Seems ginned up As does the reveal that
1: she'd been following his career It is a kind of an easy Solution
0: Uh, He wants to know why they had to destroy the Lantry there is no explanation it makes no sense That they destroy the Lantry Yeah I mean I guess They, They know what this Virus does But they could I mean they could just irradiate the ship Right like
1: probably yeah
0: Or just use the transporter
1: they could find a way. If they thought about it, they could find a way to make that ship usable again.
0: Yeah. They could clean it out. There's nothing you can't decontaminate. It was
1: like a weird space funeral for those people.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, he gave it a two. Uh, world building. Here's some world building that they did in this episode. Okay. Class six supply ships. You yes. know I love to hear about that kind I of know.
1: Stuff. They do a lot of this.
0: Uh remote control of a starship. So it's a callback to Star Trek two in many ways. Right. But it makes sense, right? Like Picard goes through some authorization stuff to use it, etc.
1: Right. Then you're talking about the scene where uh Kirk uses codes to get into Khan's ship.
0: That's right. Yeah. Uh quarantine transmitters. Like I loved that quarantine sequence too.
1: I liked it a lot.
0: With the flashing lights and everything.
1: And you hear you get to hear the warning being broadcast for a while and everything.
0: Uh, the uh, the styrolite scene I love the little thing where O'Brien has clearly thought about the right procedure for this Where mm-hmm. he's going to make the styrolite appear two microseconds before he beams the rest in
1: Isn't it something when the crew seem like they're experts and they know what they're doing? Uh-huh. It's really something
0: <laughs> Yeah, and whoever wrote this episode gave O'Brien uh, competence
1: this is like... That
0: he will not have
1: in DS9. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like, this is the version of O'Brien that would make DS9 so in much DS9, easier In DS9, he'll watch. just
0: shout about, a, a, put a plug a coil into a slot or whatever, <laughs> which is not interesting at all. But
1: He'll complain about having to fix the fucking replicators again or something. He'll just be like, "Ah, yeah. oh, God.
0: Uh, the transporter trace for security purposes. So the way I assumed that this works is that it's like a hash... Do you know what a hash is on a file?
1: Mm, I don't know.
0: So, like, um, if you were running, uh, if you had some kind of file storage or whatever, two people might upload the same file, and that's a waste of storage for you. Right. How could you detect that someone was uploading the exact same file? Well, one thing you can do is you can take a file and run an algorithm on its contents to reduce it to like a 64 character hash okay and you can't get the original file back out of the hash there's not enough information in there right but you can compare the new file that's uploaded and if you see the same hash
1: you know it's and the you same. know how your
0: algorithm works you say i've already got that file right. so instead of uploading that file i'll just link to the one i already have that's what i assume the transporter trace for security purposes is when someone beams back up, they hash the data that comes back to see if it's the same as what they have on file for the person. And
1: in, like, in case some kind of impostor? It prevents
0: imp- some kind of impostor. Like an impostor can't use a Starfleet transporter. Please, impostor. Impost- an impost- impostinator can't Thank use you. a Starfleet transporter. Okay. Why, well, I don't know if that'll know. ever work. <laughs> it was not made clear how they were going to use this hash to get her original pattern back. Like, they could make changes and compare what the changes would be to the hash until they got it right, which seems like it would be a computationally intense problem or whatever. Hmm. But I assumed that that meant they didn't have her full pattern stored. That seems like it would be too big to store. Anyway, I just thought that someone else had clearly thought about that. Yeah. Um, And then the uh, ship scuttling ceremony was... Anyway, I gave it a six for world building. I thought they did work. And I thought the work they did
1: wasn't really stupid. I'm starting to feel really good about this. I gave it the exact same. I gave it a six. Okay. Uh, star Station India. Is that what was called?
0: Yeah. So oh, With no yes. orders
1: other than that their presence is imperative.
0: They're going to Star Station India yeah. <laughs> to meet a medical courier. Uh-huh. So they're going to some starbase we've never heard of for a medical reason. Yep. They get called out on a medical emergency and they end up backtracing to a different starbase we've never heard of for a different medical reason. Yes, there's a lot I happening. Just, it was very confusing, I and didn't... I just wish that the first thing that they were doing when they were diverted to was either routine yeah. or not medical-related. If they were going to one of the endless conferences yeah, that they to, yes, they're always to, and they got the diverted to this, that makes more sense. Because it's never a plot point later, like, we can't afford to stick around yeah. and deal with this because we have to go to Star
1: Station India. Which is something Doesn't that, that they matter. do all the time. For yeah. artificial drama. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It just, I mean, they did it last week. They had another weird medical emergency in mm. the middle of the schizoid man's medical emergency. Yeah. And that's why data got to spend so much time down there being whistled at.
1: Yeah. I guess. Anyway, that's I why. thought
0: that was bizarre.
1: All right. Uh, USS Lantry medical supply ship or medical courier ship or whatever. Class six, 26 crew, class three defensive armaments, but clearly Miranda class, or at least Miranda based.
0: Definitely a Miranda variant of some kind. Might have been a Soyuz or something, right?
1: I wish we knew where Enterprise fit on these scales. Like, what is their yeah. defensive armament? Are they a class 10? Like, what are they? I would like to know. Um,
0: yeah, I, you know what I assume is that they, the, these classes probably function a lot like uh hull classification symbol in the Navy, where it's like, oh, yeah, there are three different ship classes of oil tankers that are all auxiliary oilers or whatever in the Navy. Yeah. And it's just because they were all civilian ships that the Navy bought. So they are di- they're three different classes, but they're all, they all have that AO rating, you know? Right. Like, like know. I bet not all class six ships are Miranda. Oh, derivatives.
1: right. Yeah. I think that's true. I think class six is going to have a, a few different uh, class types in it.
0: But we've heard stargazer constellation class ships described as still being light cruisers so i
1: think they're probably higher up the well i need to know where everybody... oh i know i, I want to see the whole the scale thing, i promise yeah uh picard specifically asks if landry is under attack i guess indicating that space is still a hostile place because uh, i would just assume they were having some kind of technical difficulty but he really wants to know if they're being shot at um Darwin Genetic Research Station on Gagarin 4, Quarantine Warning and Beacons on the land tree. Linear Models of Viral Propagation is a Big Deal Among Weird Nerds, Pulaski wrote the
0: book. uh, By the way, that sounds like something that should have been written in the 1950s. For sure. That is (laughs) the opposite of technobabble. You can understand exactly what linear models of (laughs) viral propagation means, and you're like, ooh, that research should have been done already.
1: That book probably has been written. I'm guessing she has some uh, 24th century insights to yeah. uh to deliver to us well, but um, maybe we
0: can do better than Lin. or maybe her big insight is no let's go back to
1: the linear models that's right the, they went very
0: complicated models we're using now
1: <laughs> that's right she well she does seem pretty old school um but that lady on the station is really impressed to meet the Catherine. The pulaski
0: Catherine pulaski yeah
1: uh wait these children are the result of years of genetic experimentation what is the federation they made oh yeah
0: they made teeks Telekinetic, dude. They did. They're all telekinetic.
1: We will later come to learn all of this shit is very illegal and that it was made illegal long before this, but I can't hold that against this episode.
0: Also, will we ever (laughs) see another telekinetic person aside from Q? Uh,
1: That's a really good question. I can't think of By the way, also
0: not fully clear that he's telekinetic.
1: He can do stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. He can turn
0: Beverly Crusher into a dog, but will we see another telekinetic? telekinetic yeah person. i don't know maybe not another teak to use the babylon five phraseology
1: anyway what i was saying was we will learn that this was made illegal long before this but again that has not happened in university yet. I can't hold it against this episode no um Pulaski is capable of registering the telepathic communication from this smooth-bodied weirdo uh, f-
0: i mean where are all the religious objectors to them making people though that is a question an interesting question right
1: yeah i mean well we, later on we will learn again not related to this episode later on we will learn that it happened after con that all kinds of genetic experimentation was, like, was made illegal.
0: a knee-jerk reaction
1: yes so that's why i'm like oh this was illegal a long time ago but again they haven't said that in a story do you think
0: they have any other laws from the 1990s still on the books <laughs> that's
1: true 1996 oh no
0: 96 was when Kong got exiled.
1: I know, so who knows when the actual uh, laws were made, Genetic
0: but... research was done in the 60s. Yeah. Uh,
1: which
0: actually makes sense.
1: I don't know if this is world building, but that's the first appearance of Shipley. This time as uh, the other transporter guy. Uh, that's true. He also appears in Schisms. I recognized him, so I had to look this up. Uh, that's it,
0: though? Just two episodes? That's it. Those episodes are hella far apart. What was I that know. guy doing the rest Either of the time? Either he's just
1: been toiling in obscurity on Enterprise, or maybe he took an assignment somewhere else and came back. I don't know.
0: He got two... No, not the guy. The actor. Did he oh, get, yeah, like, two weird day-rate jobs <laughs> five years apart?
1: They probably didn't even remember they'd cast him before. He probably told them when he got there. He's like, actually, I was on one of these before.
0: Oh, I did one of these when you had uh, different uniforms.
1: Yeah, when there was, like, the no-collar. I worked next to Column. Me and Column worked together. He was a good dude. Um... Destruction of Lantry will hopefully annihilate the virus. Question mark. Anyway, I had it a six as well. There was a lot going on there.
0: Yeah. And well, let, then let's let's do this. How did you feel about
1: characterization? Let me give you the whole rundown, and then I'll give you my very surprising okay. and beautiful score. That's how I usually do it. Picard is missing Crusher. Is that what this teaser's about? Is he is he mad about Pulaski because he really misses Crusher? Is that part of what's happening between him and Pulaski? And she wants him to animate the frozen dude, but he's like, because he's actually coming off as pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean, very careful but reasonable. But man, TNG is just like better than the the later shows, the ones that come after, because <laughs> it just it just is. Because Picard just he looks at her and he goes, "Hey, man, I, I see, I see you're trying. You're like you're trying to meet me halfway." Yeah. On this thing, and so I'll let you do the shuttle thing. And you kind of go, oh, that's just nice. You know? <laughs> like, you're just yeah. like,
0: oh, it was a nice moment. He's like, she tried to come up with a method. He doesn't know necessarily that she talked to eight people about it. Yeah. <laughs> but she came up with a method that met his specific objections, which at least shows that she was listening to his objections, and she's not just mad at him.
1: Yeah, And he was like, yeah, okay. All right. Let's do this thing. Um, and I feel like you don't get that from a lot of the, from the newer shows, but...
0: Well, I mean, Cisco gets talked into giving up a runabout pretty often.
1: Oh, yes, but it's not... What I'm saying is the part where he has given her specific objections and they are very worried about each other in terms of, like, how they communicate, and she is clearly trying, and he just says to her, I, look,
0: I, I, I get I acknowledge that
1: you're it. trying. You're really doing a thing here.
0: This show has a much better sensibility than the uh, later Star Treks. Yeah. In terms of not being conflict Based
1: yeah you know when I was listening to that that ambush book yeah that ambush audio book that you read um I was just thinking the whole time they they talked over and over again about how they weren't allowed to write anything with conflict between the crew and now, just looking at the different shows, it's like, God, that probably is the better way the better way to go. <laughs> Yeah, like because um, I hate Gene, everyone on the other That's the future shows.
0: that Gene Roddenberry wanted to be in,
1: <laughs> where people are professional and treat each other with respect that's and right. stuff.
0: And it's like, oh, that's the present that I want to be in, also. Yep. So
1: it turns out I like it much, much, much yeah. better. Um. Anyway, Troy spends time with Pulaski. That uh, is implied. Is that because Troy thinks she's a doctor too? So
0: uh, she... I mean it's it's kind of a it's kind of a tell instead of show, though.
1: Yeah, isn't it?
0: They do. It, it does try to sell that they're friends.
1: Uh, Troy. Troy can sense that this old ass thirty five year old researcher broad is a GD liar from the view screen again. Oh yeah, she does that a lot. Worf always around to answer Riker's conversation prompts, even and especially when everyone finds it obvious and unnecessary. That's right. Looks like they had a battle with time. And long, lost. long beat. <laughs> and then Worf remembers he's supposed to say something and goes. And lost. And it's like, God damn it. We all know that wolf. Like, just... Uh,
0: just yeah, keep work. Keep your yeah, shit... We, know, keep your we sh- know they didn't win.
1: Keep your shit quiet.
0: No one ever says, looks like they had a battle with because they won.
1: <laughs> and while he does uh, react to the beaming of the child in a, an animal way, <laughs> he also reacts lightning quick. Yep. The sheer speed he, of... It's a
0: know something is wrong instantly like
1: that might actually be useful in other situations he saw that shit like 10% into the transport sequence that it was a trick
0: he's just like that's not even remotely child that is definitely not not
1: child and everyone else is just sitting there so I kind of actually like that um uh, Riker's tone indicates that he at least suspects the connection between the genetic research station and the landry so he's not totally brain dead um despite
0: despite what Ira Graves in data said last week
1: (laughs) He could tell as soon as he met him. Pulaski is a noted medical author. Uh, she knows she's right, and she will go up against Picard and even risk her safety uh, to do the thing that she needs to do.
0: Yeah, it's like, I know we've already seen McCoy saying that he is going to put some shit in his log, and then Kurt's yeah. going to have to answer it in his log. That's
1: right. Yeah, well, she was supposed. they brought her on to be like McCoy, she, right? They
0: definitely were like, we need someone to be more like McCoy. Yeah.
1: Uh, also, now she goes by Kate, I guess. She goes by Kate. Well, she doesn't have any
0: friends, so who knows A few what times. she goes by in her personal life.
1: <laughs> uh, she's also not afraid to seek out someone with some expertise when she's stuck, as her trip to engineering to talk to Geordie shows and all the other people she consults with. Um, and she even starts to warm up to Data in the end. Which I feel like is actual characterization that's being done in this episode. I'm A little s- bit, huh? I'm sort of shocked. She's even a creeper of Picard, it turns out. Um, Why does Data use the console that way? Okay, so
0: hold on. She's a creeper of Picard. Yeah. But, again, because this show is better than other shows, we don't learn that by her going to Picard and announcing that she's a creeper. I've
1: been following you for years!
0: And it's like, oh, she's been a huge fan of his this time, but she has actually played it real cool.
1: Yes, she is not. Uh, she's not giving the game away at all. They've been butting heads a whole bunch.
0: That's right. Yeah. Uh,
1: d- now, did you hear my question about data? Why does he use the console that way?
0: And what way are you describing?
1: He like. Do you know in that terrible, terrible film where he sings the life form song?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, he's like punching the buttons with a lot yeah, of. Flare? Why does he do
0: everything with emotions? Why
1: does he hit all the buttons with so much flair? He like keeps flicking his wrist around and he's, stuff. He's
0: so proud of himself that he's able to use buttons. I know <laughs> and. And here is the thing, when Pulaski says that Data has a way with computers, yeah, huge shit at grant,
1: Yes, yes, he likes that a lot.
0: Mm, I'm a good boy, he <laughs> says in his mind.
1: Data did good today.
0: Mmm. Yeah. Data's gonna get ice cream later, because he's been a good boy.
1: So, you know, that's the answer to the question, is Data. You know, that's why he uses the buttons with Flourish, because of Data.
0: <laughs> Hang on, dog. I just discovered that you can swipe left and right to change soundboards on this app.
1: Oh, That unit is a woman. <laughs> Thank you. That's helpful.
0: I, I want you to know that I took two versions of that clip. I took the full one to play, mm-hmm. and then I took that short one, because it's going to come up again.
1: Yes, just to use it every time someone is sexist.
0: <laughs> it's going to come up a lot.
1: Well, that's almost what Nagelum said about, um, he had the same questions as the robot. He mm-hmm. wanted to know what I wish, was up with this. I wish one. I'd had
0: that last week so that I, when Ira Graves said that women <laughs> yes. weren't doctors. Yep. Women He's, weren't people. He said lots, women.
1: He said lots of stuff about women.
0: He had a lot of ideas.
1: Okay, here's where it gets good. Uh, O'Brien gets to sit in on the briefing, comes up with a great idea, and the actor seemed hella natural. Uh huh. Like, why couldn't they make him a series regular? They hate uh, Irish?
0: He should have been they they should and they should have made this version of O'Brien a series regular and they could have made him a regular ass lieutenant. Yeah. Or I, if they decided he was a chief petty officer or whatever at this point, they could have done that. That would have been an interesting angle to explore. But instead don't we it. don't get him until Deep Space 9 who've decided that they like, power play <laughs> they like power play. O'Brien. Yeah. The wounded O'Brien.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I anyway, uh, I also liked the way he asked for permission not to man the console in code, as we discussed, and that Picard uh-huh. picked up on it. Small touches, and uh, Like when Rector tells him to take audience. a nap.
0: Exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking Like, <clears throat> in the next generation, especially in these early ones, before they decided to try to make him a character, and then they had to assign him characteristics, I guess, Yeah. he is the most, he, he is the quirk of this show. Yeah. He's the only person that seems like a real person.
1: He certainly seems most like a real person, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, again, small touches and trusting the audience. They didn't sit there and go. Even
0: even these same writers in a few seasons are going to be like, "No, he's he's a real person. He only likes meat and potatoes."
1: (laughs) That's right. Um, but you know what I mean. They didn't have Picard go. Oh, you're asking if I want to man the station or anything like they just they let you kind of sift through what. No, they let that
0: be a good moment.
1: And again, it's not a high bar, but for Star Trek, it's like. It's such a breath of fresh air.
0: Um, Well, we're 100, again, we're 164 (laughs) hours in at this point. We know this is not common.
1: Yeah. So, like I told you, when I started watching TOS, I was happy because of the great music, and then I got really bummed out by how bad the episode was. And I watched this one directly afterward. And um, so I started off in a really cynical mood watching this, and I found that I could not keep it up while watching this Mm -hmm. episode. This was as close to perfect an execution of characterization as I've seen from TNG. Only to me, Worf was weak, and he was barely in it. And Data, obviously, but he was barely in it too. He just said and some also shit. it's Data at this point. So I gave it a nine.
0: Well, ah, uh, what do I even have to cover? left after what you said.
1: Yeah, I know. It, that, I don't was, that was my think biggest section sudden, of notes.
0: I don't think you can suddenly have Pulaski and Picard be enemies when, like, three episodes ago, he was letting her uselessly magnify the view screen.
1: <laughs> well, how, was it more or less useless than the time that he asked for a magnification and it magnified by, like... it made the, It made the <laughs> thing on the screen, like, 11% bigger.
0: <laughs> well, since they were magnifying an empty black
1: hole... <laughs> and she just got
0: a hundred thousand times It was a million times
1: it wasn't much more useful
0: it wasn't that much more useful yeah no they left in that episode they left the uh, smartness to Wesley to say even if it's a hole shouldn't we see what's behind it and And they all went this guy this guy's Um, smart (laughs) if they become close the rest of this season and I don't remember then I guess the little note about her idolizing Picard could be a nice touch but I felt like it was a little early to give uh Give him credit for that, yeah. um, but you know, in general, I I basically agree with what you said. I gave it a six. Wow, I think it was pretty good. I just don't think I think the conflict is too made up.
1: Yeah, the only part I didn't enjoy about that was him talking to the other guys, the other her boss, her old boss. Oh, and, ta-
0: and Taggart, the, it's the stuff like the that was a the show beginning don't tell for me. where Troy's got to be like, oh no no, she's super great. You, you're gonna love this Pulaski mm-hmm. lady. And then they get Taggart on the phone, and he's like. I would have crawled across broken glass to keep her. And you're like, Geez, put my dick guys.
1: out. Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: I love her <laughs> as a woman and as a doctor. And you're like, mm, okay. Yeah. No, there right, was, buddy.
1: there was some talent. Don't show for sure. They,
0: yeah. They did. They did too much of that, but uh, no, in general, again, I felt like this has never been an episode that I have liked or looked forward to watching. And I did give it a three for the take, but my yeah, other three sure. scores are a seven and two sixes. So I agree with you, like I was very surprised by watching this episode how I felt about it. Yeah. Based on my recollection of it. Yeah. Um quick hitters. Uh I wondered if Diana Moldar wrote the intro where everyone loves Dr. <laughs> Pulaski. <laughs> yep. Because it felt like someone had a vested interest in defending her, and I didn't think it was for the stakes in this episode. So, what I actually think is that it's Maurice Hurley. At this point, he's gotten some feedback that it's not working, and people don't like this character.
1: Yeah. So now he's like he's got a, it's doing all an episode all about Pulaski, now about how great she is.
0: Yeah. I just noticed uh, in the intro, and you can watch the next time if you watch the up credits at all. I don't know, uh, that there's kind of a bad panel gap where the saucer and the drive section meet. Really? Like, not good tolerances. Seems like the Enterprise might be American-made. Oh, oh, well. Uh, how much do you love that Miranda model? It's great. I think this is the model that gave future people who make uh, ships for Star Trek the wrong idea. Because it is, it's just the engines from the new Enterprise and the saucer from the new Enterprise
1: mm-hmm.
0: just slapped together in a different configuration. Yeah. And it super works yeah
1: they just whatever they combine the the engineering section right into the saucer yeah
0: yep <clears throat> uh yeah t- uh, too many medical things i already mentioned yeah linear models of our propagation they were so careful to explain the transport order for the beam in i was super expecting them to say something about reversing the procedure on beam out <laughs> yeah instead o'brien just went down there and watched it happen but I maybe they felt like
1: yeah, we've enough. done enough of this business. Yeah, enough was done.
0: Like, O'Brien has demonstrated that he... I mean, I, I didn't ding it for this, right? O'Brien has demonstrated that he has got a handle on this procedure, and now he's showing responsibility by going to watch it happen. Right. But, uh, anyway. Uh, Spiner can't not give a shit-eating grin. God, yeah. Uh Did you recognize Bill S. Preston's dad as Taggart?
1: <laughs> oh, now that you say it, I knew who the guy... I, like, I knew I'd seen the guy, yep. but it was one of the ones I didn't bother looking up.
0: I had to look it up and uh, that's obviously where I know him from. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> Let's press is, the <laughs> uh, Is as normal as ever a joke coming out of Data? The one time he manages an emotionless delivery and I think it might be supposed to be a joke.
1: Yeah, I think he is telling a, one of them good jokes he learned from Joe Piscopo.
0: Yeah.
1: Or probably Guyton, I guess.
0: And I figured the Federation must be drowning in Miranda-class ships in order for scuttling this ship to make any sense.
1: Yeah, they must be looking for an excuse to get this one off the books.
0: Like, <laughs> we got 700
1: sitting in storage. We don't need another one.
0: Like, they're not, they are not. can't. They They couldn't even make use of the metal. There's just nothing. No, it's just garbage.
1: Fucking vaporize that shit.
0: I mean, they should have sent it to Quailor 2, right?
1: Oh, yeah. But in the to be parted graveyard. out, like, you know...
0: Like when we send a, an aircraft carrier to India to get destroyed or something because they don't got good environmental regulations and there's bad shit in there. Yep, there is. I gave the best actor to Picard for his delivery of what line?
1: You uh, know what
0: I like, come on.
1: Uh, ooh, uh, grand?
0: <laughs> Close. Taggart tells Picard that... She's always been a big admirer of his, mm. and he gives a real under his breath, extraordinary. <laughs>
1: he is pretty good at that.
0: It's so good, I love it. He gets me every time he does one of those.
1: He's well, he's Patrick Stewart,
0: and uh, I gave worst actor to the child doing as much telepathy as he can.
1: He was look. He looked. He had an intense look. He had a look of someone who was told you're talking into her head right now do do that you
0: have to convey that you're doing telepathy
1: (laughs) i don't know how else i can explain this to you if you don't get it we can get one of the other smooth-bodied teenagers to do this
0: um and then i wondered if the uh, casting director had a thing for men with curly black hair because this kid was giving me reva sex talker vibes yeah
1: this kid was anarchy of lust junior janarchy of lust quick hitters matt yeah, first, uh, I don't know if we checked in with Ben after the seven he gave the take. Oh, right, He gave yeah. a two He's in a... execution.
0: <laughs> we, I think I mentioned that.
1: Okay. He gave a three in world building for the bred in human telepaths kind of thing. He uh, says it's the kind of thing Q would hate. Is it because it makes him better? Q was
0: worried about the future of humanity. Yeah, uh,
1: And he gave a four on characterization. So he was a little bit below us on that. Um. So for the quick hitters probably gonna be about small touches that's what it's usually about um i ask again is this aired out of sequence there's a lot of stuff about the new cmo uh so talaka is that the name of this dude the captain is he some kind of jedi
0: uh that's a very jedi name it's a very good question it's not as bad as plicks click a or whatever from plicks takes a from ds9 from deep space 9 yep uh, but you're right that Iso Talaka should have b definitely should have been a
1: Jedi. And I think he knew it because he goes by EL Talaka. That's right. He goes by his initials instead.
0: Wonder what the L's short for. I
1: know. And that old was Riker's age, by the way.
0: Um, yep. And a captain, but of a class six supply ship, which yeah. is. I mean, we know Riker, Riker could have had been. the Drake. Yeah. Right? It's kind of the same. He was
1: probably up for that ship. Uh, another Picard Grand. Um. Does Pulaski have a hitch in her giddy-up?
0: She's got something. Plus she wears a special different uniform that's like a... Pantsy? Skirt, a skirt over pants uniform? Yeah. dress over pants uniform?
1: Was it like an old Shatner injury, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Like an old Shatner method acting injury from her days on TOS? <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Um, Worst actor walking and talking? Troy. Why do you say that? Or Kate, to start the sentence. It
0: is true that her best acting does seem to be done sitting down. She can't do the walk and talk. like, uh, lying down half pinned under garbage or whatever. Because I <laughs> thought she was pretty good in Skin of Evil. She was.
1: It's just the walk the walk and talk gets her every time.
0: She yep. needs to hold two coffee cups like Jack Donaghy. <laughs> That's right.
1: Um, hey, why does, uh, when, when Pulaski thinks it's too late, why does she give her final medical log over the view screen to the entire bridge crew? Good question. That seems morbid. <laughs> seems this like will be my final just, medical log.
0: Just call up the Enterprise computer. Yep. That's how she's saying goodbye.
1: Um, I would think the hyperaging and that all the changes to your body would be incredibly painful. And in the scene where she gets the onset arthritis, it is. But the rest of the time, everyone's just walking around like kind of cool.
0: Maybe they got real good drugs.
1: Oh, Yeah, that's probably true. I like the bit where Picard stops himself to be polite and greet Data after initially rushing into the conversation when Data gets back. Mm -hmm. He goes, Data! And he starts to get into it and he goes, good to have you back, by the way. Again, small touches of TNG. Um, That's all I had. Most of my notes were in the characterization.
0: I think that's enough. Um... I haven't done the math, but that episode uh, scored a lot of points.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit worried that that was only my second highest scoring episode, though.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, I wonder what your highest was. Uh, this, the next in, in order is uh, Voyager. This week we watched Dreadnought. Rither, roll west to-
1: That a little bit s-
0: sad. Uh, it's about his grandfather dying. Oh, well, that's why then. <laughs> yeah, as his grandfather lies dying in his hospital bed, the songwriter imagines that what's happening in his dying mind is that the USS Indiana is coming back for him.
1: Oh, that's okay. Uh, anyway. The songwriter has an active imagination.
0: Yeah, this whole album is about the death of his grandfather, basically. Oh, boy. So... It's a good record. Anyway, uh, I know that the Indiana wasn't a dreadnought. Uh, don't tweet me. Don't tweet at me about it.
1: That's right. Everybody.
0: I don't have that many songs about battleships.
1: I have one. Isn't that enough? It beats my collection. I don't believe I have any songs about battleships.
0: Uh, Janeway interrupts a fun baby name discussion in sickbay to summon all the science officers together. I assume because they've run across a damaged probe, but we never see that lady again in this episode. So don't, who knows? Yeah. They've run across a damaged probe and the probe is made of a similar material to Voyager and they haven't run into anybody out here yet that has weapons that are as threatening as this. Mm. So they're worried. Uh, they bring some samples aboard and uh, the samples show evidence of Cardassian weapons fire. Whoa. And B'Elanna announces dramatically before going to Credit's that she is responsible.
1: Dun, 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 And then she poses and looks off into the distance. Like, right. Like Shatner.
0: Anyway, what had happened was uh, a Cardassian weapon that the Maquis nicknamed Dreadnought uh, was captured and reprogrammed and sent after a new target, but it did disappear in the Badlands, like everything, and it, and it probably did get taken to uh, the Delta Quadrant by the caretaker. Now I don't remember why the caretaker says he did that.
1: He was he was looking for the the. He was looking for somebody who could help him live. No, oh, take, and he
0: thought this missile was going to take care of the
1: Ocampo. I don't remember what his goal was.
0: Right. I think they have forgotten that <laughs> it was not just like a permanent wormhole
1: between the two things. <laughs> they definitely forgot that. Anyway. That's true.
0: Uh... We now get a little scene in engineering where Torres reveals to Tom Paris, who is on Chakotay's shit list, Mm. that Chakotay was mad at her once, too, because she reprogrammed this thing and sent it back against the Cardassians without consulting him, and he was disappointed.
1: It was her private revenge mission. Yeah.
0: She was mad at the Cardassians for building this super weapon.
1: Uh, Or she was mad at him for set, like, three, maybe. I don't know. or Whatever. But sure, for one,
0: uh, they track this thing down, and it is locked on to a Class M planet that's about three weeks away. It doesn't matter; it's going to speed up in a minute.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, we see that that uh, trader engineer Jonas is trying to pass on this information to First Mage Kula. It does, that also doesn't matter.
1: No, but it, uh, he does talk to a very polite Kazon.
0: He does talk to a Kazon who really does his best to communicate to Jonas that he is loved and appreciated, and to us, the audience, that he doesn't think Jonas is worth very much, and he's putting up with this.
1: Yeah. yes.
0: So, that's actually a good bit of work that they do there. It's just, it doesn't matter. They tried, yeah,
1: they tried, except this slow build they're doing with just a little bit of that every week is not worth anything, because they're not giving us any other Jonas, so no one fucking cares.
0: Right, exactly. We need something else with this guy, or I don't care. Yeah. Um... Uh, Janeway gets in touch with these people uh, on the world to tell them all about this missile that's coming, um, but they've heard about Voyager already, and so they're not into it.
1: Yep, this is an, the, uh, another. They've got a
0: bad reputation out here. Yeah,
1: another example of their bad reputation preceding them, uh, which has already been brought up in other episodes, I think. Uh.
0: Anyway, at this point, Torres beams on board and starts to have a conversation with this missile, which talks to her in her own voice. Yeah, And she seemingly convinces it that it's no longer on course and gets it to shut down its engines by playing hypothetical games with it or something. Mm-hmm. And then she beams out and they start to talk about how they're going to part this thing out. Um, but the missile tricked them <laughs> because it goes right back to warp speed. In fact, it goes to a much faster warp speed. Now it's only 51 hours away and it's uh, headed for Ricossa.
1: Yeah, I, so, I like to imagine that as soon as she left, it came back on and, and gave a real, real shrill "suckers" or something Probably. like that. That'd be good.
0: Uh, Voyager tries to shoot it down at this point, but its torpedoes are ineffective, and they have a l- creepy conversation on the bridge where everyone talks to Bolana, but this time it's the missile, mm-hmm. and it uh, tells her that it's figured out that. Uh, is being coerced. Yeah. And Voyager is acting in accordance with the Cardassian Federation Treaty. hmm And uh, so now Janway has to have another pretty rough call with this uh Ricosan Prime
1: Minister. Yep. <laughs> Gotta call that call, call that old boy up.
0: Hey like, uh,
1: <laughs> so this missile. <sighs> it
0: is it is it is coming though.
1: It is not it's not really my fault. I know it feels like it's my fault.
0: Anyway, we're still trying, but um, just had to let you know that we were not successful. Yeah, and oh, don't attack it; it's just going to kill everyone. <laughs> yeah, please
1: don't send your ships out; they will definitely get fucking run by this thing. Uh,
0: Harry Kim manages to punch in the Konami code on the transporter, so he gets Torres back on uh, on the ship, back yeah. on uh, Dreadnought, where her she no longer has access, but. She uses the rakosan attack as a distraction to uh, make some progress towards disabling the missile.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, at which point, uh, Dreadnought, sorry, that's the name of the thing. Yeah. I, I may have said that earlier. If you did. Cuts off her communication with Voyager. So now she's alone in there talking to this thing that she programmed. Right. And she tries to Kirk
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Into blowing itself up or she whatever. She plays the logic games with it.
0: But it decides that uh, now the most likely thing is that she is a Cardassian agent. Yeah. And it starts its final approach run. So uh, Janeway's going to do a little bit of reputation repair here. little damage control. She's going to evacuate Voyager and ram the missile herself.
1: Yeah. Um, Drama.
0: So while while they do those preparations, uh, Milana... P- <sighs> by essentially by chance manages to reactivate the original computer's personality Mm -hmm. and the two personalities fight each other, which gives her what she needs to get access to the core and destroy the missile. Um, and Janeway and, uh, Tuvok who stayed on board for reasons that do make sense, but the rest of the story is pretty dumb. (laughs) Uh, Managed to get Torres out of the there before the
1: thing explodes. Yeah, like at the moment of explosion, it seems. Yeah.
0: So, um what's this dang old episode about, Matt?
1: So this is the one I was telling you about where I um I don't think that what I have is what they intended. But I couldn't figure out what it was supposed to be about. And yeah, I thought it must have been this one. And I I liked what I came up with. Which was uh that the ability for self sacrifice is the true mark of intelligence. Now I say that because it's based
0: on the fact that at the end it seems like Dreadnought is bargaining for its life.
1: Well it's it's so yes. It it's I think it's just trying every single logic game that Balana um programmed it with, and it is bargaining for its life. But it's, you know, this ultra-powerful, ultra-intelligent machine that no one seems to be able to stop no matter what they do, even Bolana, unless they're willing to do something that a, a logical computer could never understand, which is sacrifice themselves to stop it. Because both Balana tries to sacrifice herself on the missile, and Jamie tries to sacrifice herself on Voyager to stop this ultra-powerful super-weapon. Which somehow the Cardassians built even though they f- they're fucking terrible at everything.
0: Yeah, I mean both of those things do happen in parallel.
1: Um so it's it's kind of a sci-fi take because this is not a question we deal with in everyday life. It's true. <laughs> so while it's a cool it's a cool idea about what makes us so damn special, we'll have to wait for the real scary scary AI to develop before we can see if it holds up.
0: Uh, that's how that's how we're gonna have to take out those dogs that yeah. we spent all of their those dogs that if you kick AI them over they get back kicking. up. Yeah, they get back yeah. up.
1: <laughs> uh, and I couldn't figure out how to score it based on the fact that I don't think they really intended that. I think they just didn't know what to write, and so they wrote that both of them were so heroic. Um, that would have been fun. huh? But I liked it. I gave it a seven. All right.
0: All right. <laughs> so. Um, By the way, so we are going to be 10 points apart. I think
1: we are. Again, barring any any score changes. That
0: that must make this your high score this week. And uh, it it ain't mine. So, um, okay, here's what I thought was happening in this episode Um, Dreadnought is Ballana as she was in the
2: Maquis.
0: Okay. It's paranoid and remorseless. But literally, Bellana taught her to be this person.
1: Yes, programmed her to be. Programmed her. Programmed it to be extremely um, paranoid and uh, single minded.
0: But now she's had a year and a half with Starfleet.
1: Sometimes even with uh, the guy she calls Starfleet.
0: Sometimes even with the guy she calls Starfleet. She was just having a moment with him earlier Mm -hmm. about how they both disappointed Chakotay.
1: And what I gotta say is, she still calls him Starfleet, so I guess that just stuck. Yeah. I guess that's him now.
0: Well, the the other crew members are starting to call him Q Ball and she, <laughs> that's too mean for her. That's
1: right. She's she you know, she seems like she's got a pretty rough personality on the outside, but she's not gonna she's not gonna do that.
0: Both because he's bald and because of his dumb pool table fantasy. Pool hustler fantasy. The one
1: that he's uh wait, she calls Kim Starfleet. Oh, that's true. She does. That's right. Yeah, I, I thought confused. you were
0: talking about Paris. I got lost.
1: <laughs> I mean, he he spends a lot of time in there, but it's because he wants he likes Paris a lot. He wants to do stuff with him. but stuff, probably. Uh.
0: Anyway, um, this is an episode about how our experiences change us, and Belana can't convince old Belana that she's wrong. She has to destroy her past self to live as the person the last two years have made her.
1: Well, that sounds pretty deep.
0: It's not a sci-fi story, is uh, the real
1: problem. But you can only really tell that story that way with sci-fi.
0: Yes, but you can tell... You can demonstrate how people, to people's experience changes them and how better situations can make you a... Like, a better environment can make you a healthier and happier person and the destructive...
1: And the fact that she of, destroys her past isn't really part of the take.
0: Yeah. Uh, but she, But she can't... Anyway... You can't out-logic your past self, right? Anyway, I it's only three points because no. it's not a sci-fi take. Okay. Um, Execution-wise.
1: Wait, uh, Ben gave it a three as well. Okay. He said mistakes in your past will catch up to you, but fortunately, you can overcome them.
0: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> especially, especially if uh, you have a lot of people to help you, right? Yeah. Uh, big problem with this episode. It is inconceivable that this weapon could have been
1: built by the Cardassians. It's a hard hard one to start off with.
0: It is probably more capable than the entire Cardassian military. Well,
1: this thing does to Voyager and these aliens what that one Nebula-class ship does to the Cardassians.
0: Yeah, it's a real problem. Like... They needed to come up with some other reason why Voyager couldn't just shoot it. Like, the warhead is so big that if they got close enough to shoot it, it'd blow up the ship or something, right? Like... Because what they do is they make it so that Voyager can't beat it in a straight-up fight.
1: Yeah.
0: At which point, why do the Cardassians have any other ships?
1: Yeah, just send out 50 of those. War is over. No more war. Yeah.
0: That's a big, big problem with this episode. Yeah, I don't understand Um, that. Now, having said that, uh, I thought LeVar Burton did a fair job with this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. There are some uh the shots inside the missile are appropriately like up close and claustrophobic. Uh, the general execution of this is not bad. I found. I gave it a five on overall execution.
1: Okay
0: I, just, I, I think once you've bought into the terrible plot problem that this episode has, that there's no way this could happen, the yeah. rest of the episode is mostly okay.
1: I was like trying to think, like, well, she clearly beat it the first time, so did she make it this good?
0: No, it didn't. Like, I'm just... The detonator didn't work. It bounced off the atmosphere the first time, and I think that the computer then didn't know what to do. It didn't have a contingency plan once it didn't explode.
1: Here's another question. What if they hadn't stopped it? Would it have bounced off this planet's atmosphere?
0: I really thought that was what was going to happen.
1: <laughs> that it was they gonna... weren't going to be able to stop it, it but, fail then... Twice.
0: but then Bilana was going to be like, I never fixed the detonator.
1: Yeah, that would have been kind of a fuck you to everybody for sitting through that, though.
0: I mean, it sure would have. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, she just phasers it till it explodes. That's not yeah. really that much better. Yeah, yeah. The fact that, like, the way she overcomes this by noticing that the old personality is still there and managing to activate it is pretty contrived, so.
1: Yeah. Um, that's that's kind of true. So, uh, I already talked about why I have the justification for the take. Um... The logic games Belana. Pl- oh, oh,
0: when you have a made-up take, you always have justification for it.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yes, yeah, so when it's not one. If you, you
0: th- have to do the work, it's because there's justification. You found the
1: justification. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the logic games that Belana plays with Dreadnought are more entertaining and decidedly more sophisticated than what Kirk usually does to his robot friends. It's <laughs> very true. Um, and I kind of enjoyed them. I thought they were fun.
0: Um, Kirk doesn't know about the Socratic method. Kirk. <laughs> no. Uh, just asserts things,
1: and I like that it didn't. She didn't necessarily get that far. She had to really work. She didn't show up there and be like, "I'm lying," and then it blew up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she worked hard throughout the entire episode. And, and I think that's coming up stuff. this season, by the way. Good. I love that episode. Um, and honestly, I didn't. Um, I didn't mind the part where the Cardassian program was awakened and dueling with her own program for control of the missile. I thought all that stuff was good. Um. so I gave it a six
0: well um, Ben had a three for this too Okay. he wants to know why they didn't launch this at Cardassia Prime I think that's to show that Bellana Torres is not a monster yes she she, she picked a military target yeah why they didn't replicate its technology ten times and lob them into the Cardassian system?
1: I'm guessing they didn't have the probably, probably did not do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Maki's is always shown as like four people sitting in a shuttle, so I don't think they had that ability.
0: The missile stops life support, but it's much larger than a shuttle pod. Surely she's got enough air to last for a long time.
1: Now she makes it to That's the end. That's Probably
0: anyway. true, but it also seems like it's getting pretty hot in there, and she's working hard that whole time. She's probably burning oxygen up pretty bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed.
0: How come this missile has no internal defenses? Good question. Cardassians aren't perfect, I guess.
1: Well, as we already discussed, they can't really. Hey, by the way, it does. She can't get anywhere until she distracts it. First with the uh, other ships attacking it, and then by finding that Cardassian program.
0: It has uh, computer security measures, but it doesn't have, like, phasers that stun an intruder.
1: Oh, yeah. No, they didn't. I you guess know what I mean? They didn't feel like their missile needed those, I guess. Yeah. Uh,
0: how do you think they did world-building-wise?
1: Um, this old biddy's husband is Qatarian. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, there was some guy in Sural the beheader. I I think I guess we can call him. Okay. That. So you
0: get the, are all of your notes from the teaser from the cold open? Well, I, I I
1: always am driving hard from the beginning and then I kind of lose steam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, duratanium. Little known fact: uh-huh. a bit more durable than like solidium or strongite. Woof. You know what I'm saying? Duratanium, woof. It's, it's it's durable.
0: It is bad, but by the way, this is not the first time we've heard duratanium. Really heard
1: out loud? Yeah. I knew all about duranium, but uh, I think it
0: was mentioned in Enterprise, so this may have been the first time it was used chronologically. And Enterprise just used it
1: later. anyway. Fucking nerd writers. Um, Dreadnought carries thousands.
0: It's of- very strong titanium. Yes. <laughs>
1: Dreadnought carries uh, one thousand kilos of matter and one thousand kilos of antimatter, enough to destroy a small moon. It's autonomous, and armed, and shielded, and it's a fucking super weapon made by people who we already know suck at everything.
0: They're not good at this.
1: Uh, and Bellana programmed it to have evasive maneuvers, even better than Riker Alpha One.
0: <laughs> it's true. If you
1: can believe it, it's hard to believe, but <laughs> she did it. She found it. she's a tactical genius. <laughs> Uh, Riker Alpha 1, we will come to learn from the great special effects, it means very slowly list to the left.
0: Uh, listen, by the <laughs> way, it makes sense that the Enterprise can only do that.
1: I know, why does that need a face maneuver name?
0: That's what's silly about Just, it. Just like, turn. It's a huge ship, and when it's doing those maneuvers, it's operating in sort of a normal spaceship way and not in a warp way, so right. it kind of makes sense that it can't really do much more than that, but it is very It's embarrassing when he says Riker time, Alpha say, 1. <laughs> Like her Alpha 1 and then it just goes
1: whoop <laughs> it's barely moving uh Voyager's bad reputation is catching up with it again which I think is good uh world building continuity um along with the continual slow build about uh what's his name and uh the on. I gave it a 4 uh
0: let's see maternity uniform on this lady
1: yeah that's right they did get her a special uniform they didn't just put it in a Momo or whatever
0: yeah. Uh, we've got uh, type six photon torpedoes. Those are one better. <laughs> Good to know. To, uh, it's been programmed to, uh, specifically against Federation weapons. But these are type six photon torpedoes. Is this, am I going to, is that a line I have to say? <laughs> these are type six We've had questions torpedo. about this
1: lately where we have to imagine Kate Mulgrew on this fake bridge having to say some of these lines. Yeah. Where it's just like it is wild that she has to say this stuff.
0: Ah, but Voyager wasn't wasn't in service when this was invented. Wait, wait wasn't this like weeks before Voyager went to? <laughs> anyway, He's, we have Type Six photon torpedoes. I like how she's. Yeah,
1: you're almost turning her into Bob Dylan. She's close. Well, she's <laughs> Type <listen>. Six.
0: <laughs> I'm not an impressionist. My <laughs> uh, my Nemoidians and my Watto are much worse than yours. <laughs>
1: I think you you. I think you do good with the fake Asians. I think you do good with those.
0: Is this the first use of escape pods?
1: Mm. You mean that when they seeing? actually get in them and use them? Yeah. Instead of just talking about them, I don't know. And maybe.
0: and then like, all right, we got to retrieve those escape pods. Yeah. I know it comes up in First Contact. I just.
1: Yeah, well, the movies. Are...
0: Actually, I think this was about when First Contact was being filmed.
1: Movies are kind of separate anyway. I don't really. I don't know where to put them. Um, uh, I don't know. What... I, that's a good question. Well. I we they, look many times someone has to threaten that they have to abandon ship and they probably talk about escape pods but i don't know
0: yeah uh voyager uh self destruct can be initiated by the captain alone
1: yeah they got they shelved the need for the, the executive officer to agree or
0: whatever and i was wondering if maybe then there's like a challenge procedure other senior officers can
1: invoke i disagree please Thank, can we talk about this <laughs>
0: I mean, it kind of makes sense that the captain would be able to do it, or a senior officer would be able to do it unilaterally, mm-hmm. as long as there was time for someone else to challenge it. Yeah. Because having to have two people do it could be a bad scenario. I mean, what if you're in a real remember me situation?
1: That's right, you're the only person in the entire fucking universe, as you've always been.
0: That's right. Um... Uh, I Look, it's hard to give this episode a ton of points for this because the thing with the Cardassians is so wild. So
1: I gave it two. Yeah, by the way, I've been subtracting points along the way because of that <laughs> point. Because of i made mean, a it, very it, good point. It is I a, mean, I noted a, it, but I didn't d- d- deduct any points for it.
0: It's a real mistake, and it could have been avoided if they had just made the thing less power. If it's just a super bomb, with, yeah. and I guess it can't can have... not blow a, it
1: up because it's too powerful.
0: Even if the original computer wasn't that smart. Yeah. And but Bolana is responsible for that.
1: I still kind of assumed that, but maybe that's not the case. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, uh Ben gave it a four for world building. Okay. He says that's in- he thinks it's interesting that missiles are still viable weapons, which I guess is true.
1: Well, look, if you can but launch a thing that's not made, manned... we all know
0: that the photon torpedoes are also missiles. Yeah, they're so. missiles.
1: So this is just a bigger, fancier one. Yeah.
0: Although. They get some of their, presumably they get some of their propulsive power from the ship, which I guess, no, that's not really what torpedoes do.
1: No, they do their own thing.
0: Yeah, torpedoes do their own thing anyway.
1: They're they are uh, self... Um, mm. I was just trying to th-
0: ask myself if there was any way in which they were more like torpedoes than they are like missiles, but really the difference between a torpedo and a missile is pretty slim. Yeah. Uh, Characterization-wise. It's weird how little Chakotay is in this one.
1: Considering it has a Maki back story. Yes, yeah. given
0: that it's a Bolana story and she talks involving specifically his about time Chicova. with her. And in the what passes for the B plot, he's beefing with Paris.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just weird how little he's in it. Yeah. Um I thought Janma was pretty okay here. Her diplomacy is not terrible. Her obviously she's willing to die to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I think we're missing a scene where she hashes things out with Bellana, and instead Bellana has to talk to Paris about her guilt about this whole thing. Yeah, I thought they were modern. That and would have been now. better with with Janeway, I think.
1: Yeah, but they were also um, they were doing Tom Paris' character arc in that scene as well.
0: I understand that they're doing a Tom Paris. They character wanted to arc do a combo, building towards an episode later in the year. But yeah. I'm mad about it because it makes no sense and it's backsliding from his previous work.
1: They, uh, yeah, they, um. They wanted to do a combo build in that scene. That's why they didn't have Janeway in there, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Boy, they either give Bellana nothing to do or they give her entire episodes, huh?
1: That seems to be right. Either she is not in it or it is her show. Uh, Kind of uh, the Pulaski treatment, really.
0: I thought she did okay in this one, frankly. I gave this episode a five for characterization.
1: Okay. Uh, The Doctor's name search is back. I thought they had thankfully abandoned that, but I guess not. And he's a real fucking downer about it, too. Yep. Because every single name that anyone comes up with, he hates. Um, Kes was also in the teaser. But well, why, though? <laughs> it's we, a good It's a good question. We were all fine when she went away. Uh, her dad's name was, like, Benaric or something?
0: B- Benarin or something I like that. I wasn't paying name.
1: attention. The, the long, doctor
0: was insulted that she never suggested it during his name quest.
1: I mean, he kinda, it's kind of got a point.
0: I mean, they are like crazy close. Like she is half in love with him.
1: He's for sure touched her both of her feet. So, yep. You know how many people that I'm friends with that have touched my feet? Zero people. Zero people.
0: I would. I'd be a little bit surprised if Marjan had ever touched your feet.
1: She's not on purpose. Yeah. We live in close quarters, so sometimes we have probably touched feet or whatever. Except to but...
0: like uh, immediately say, "Cut your toenails! You scratched me." Or something.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, something like that. Or just, just uh, like slapping me to just get me away. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're damn close. So it is kind of a dick move that she never brought it up. Balana and Chakotay and crew were like some fucking crack Maki squad going on secret missions and shit. Yeah. More wonderfully subtle backstories from the writers of this week's Enterprise. <laughs> And also some Star Wars-style storytelling about things that used to happen between Belana and Chakotay that made them good friends and colleagues that we are being told about. <laughs> Belana still calls Kim Starfleet, so I guess that stuck. Um, I agreed that Roxanne Dawson, that is her name, I looked it up, actually does perform her role with some level of, like, appropriate guilt and, uh, like, emotion. Like, the acting wasn't bad.
0: Yeah. Um, they just um they didn't know how to use her, or they were not interested in using her. I don't know, one of the two.
1: Well, they're like we're gonna have a another Klingon, but she's also gonna be a lady, and she's a havesy, and we got all this good stuff to play with. And then they made two of her in that racist episode.
0: And... They well they fucking wanted Kalar, but they had killed Kalar. <laughs> they shouldn't have killed her. And they and they would have brought her in and called her Baylar, <laughs> and it would have been the same actress and the same character. Just like Nick Lacarno and Tom Paris.
1: <laughs> right, and obviously as you just referenced, Torek and Vorik. And Torek and Vorik, yes. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. They did. But then they made that racist episode and then it just that. Yeah. Um, by the way, I actually remember what this whole Tom Paris arc is. And I'm not going to spoil it.
0: By the way, we I haven't talked it. about this, but it's important that the her Klingon half is her mom, right?
1: Uh, It's important because she's got She's got issue, issues. It's kind. important
0: to not upset racists.
1: Oh, and say like... we um, don't
0: want a Klingon man sleeping <laughs> with a human woman. I see
1: what you're saying. Yes, once they made her biracial, they did have to do that equation. Yeah. Oh, we have to make sure it's okay that uh, his big black right. Klingon dick didn't get in a that's right. A nice white human. Well, they, they wanted, they wanted human. to be
0: able to show Voyager in the South, so they yep. had to make that. They had to do that math.
1: All right, that's true. Okay. Yes, That I think that probably is the equation that, that they were doing there. Anyway, I'm telling you, I remember what this Tom Parr story is, and it's going to be disappointing, but I'm not going to say any more.
0: I'm disappointed already. Yeah. It doesn't make any it, like um it they would have to do so much work to turn me around on this.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. He's having some uh he's having some real issues these days, though. Huh? Like shows up late to the meeting.
0: Yeah, his hair's all mussed up and shit.
1: Yeah, he's probably having he's probably doing a sex fantasy.
0: Yeah, that's definitely worse than the gambling ring he was running last week.
1: <laughs> I know, why didn't she bring that up? She like, should have
0: mentioned it, like, huh?
1: You showed up late to a meeting, and it's like, oh uh, yeah, remember last week when he he got everyone in trouble for that old gambling ring? Um, apparently, Tom Paris answers to somebody named Lieutenant Rollins.
0: It's a very interesting Who's, point. Who the, who who the fuck is that? These, who are all of these theoretically pretty high-ranking officers we never see your
1: hero from? Who the fuck is Lieutenant Rollins, and why is he in charge of Tom Paris? Um, I should be able to say something about this traitor that they keep showing us, but all we get is 30-second snippets of him chatting with a very polite Kazon every week. I
0: have. He doesn't seem to ever be making any progress, either.
1: No, he's like, hey, there's a thing going on on the ship, the plot that's happening now, I'm relating to you. And the guy's just like, alright, well, thanks, I guess we'll talk later. Um... Janeway does not do a good job of making this missile not seem like a threat. No. She doesn't lead she doesn't she doesn't deliver the information in the right order. She's like, There's a big powerful missile heading your way And he's like, Oh what the fuck? Like, why why, why are you, are you trying to blow us up? And she's like, Oh no, I uh, should have I should have said it different. Um we're trying to this stop not, it's a missile. This is nobody's fault. This is nobody <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to stop a missile that I that I'm not responsible for, and that really no one is. If you think about it, I'll explain it to you, and then you'll you'll get that it's no one's fault. And uh, and this is more of a, a performance tweak, but Mulgrew should probably start to play this captain with a bit more guilt. <laughs> Because even this fucking thing is kind of sort of their fault because of Balana.
0: Yeah, it is sort of their response. I mean, you know. And like. This is not what Bolana anticipated, but she does have a member of her crew who's her best friend on her crew yeah. who did think it would be cool to use this super weapon against the Cardassians.
1: And like, how much shit are they going to dump in this quadrant? <laughs> like. No wonder they have a bad reputation it's just like
0: constant they should be moving through here so fast oh. that nobody has ever heard of them
1: anywhere they go well certainly after the first five terrible incidents wouldn't you be like yeah we're skipping this we're fast yeah. forwarding on this we quadrant. will
0: check back in with people in 10,000 light years
1: yeah we will, we'll top we'll stop and take a look around at that point see if there's any cool phenomena to check out but for now we're just we're we're, we're on a mission. also here.
0: we don't need you Neelix because where we're going you you've well, never, never been,
1: been. <laughs> yes um, she looks when she's talking to the minister and they're having their their heart to heart she looks like she has pity when she's talking to him cause like you're gonna get blowed up and there's not a lot you can do about it but still kinda seems removed from their role in it I don't know, I, to me I felt like she should've been playing this like boy, I done a fuck up and it's gonna kill millions of people, or we did a fuck up and it's gonna kill millions of people yeah, kind of. Anyway, she comes around on uh, on it later. She decides she's going to sacrifice uh, herself on the ship or whatever. Um,
0: but she never hints to them that she's willing to do whatever it takes to stop this thing. It, it's, it makes it seem like this thing is a thing she just thought of. I know. Like this blow up. Blow I'm going to blow up the ship. And was not like this was always her last resort option.
1: Yeah. Um, but also, she really does just straight forget to tell the Doctor that they're about to blow up.
0: Yeah, that sucks, huh?
1: When she evacuates the whole rest of the crew. I feel like Picard would have told Data. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: Um, so even though you know at this point in the season that nobody is blowing up Voyager, right? Like, it's, it's gonna yeah. make it. Um, the stuff with the, the people unwilling to leave the bridge and Tuvok staying by her side, it was fairly effective. It was fine. Uh, I, I get, thought
0: so too. I, gave I, it thought, f- I like that Tuvok uh, had a justification
1: for staying behind, which was sensible.
0: And that she realized she couldn't dismiss it.
1: And that also it was code.
0: And it's for, also code. I love my yeah. best friend. It's not.
1: By the way, it's not they as. They have for good. sure touched each other's feet. I'm just saying.
0: It's not as good code as... No, 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 no. It's no. That O'Brien-Picard exchange, which was quite good.
1: And for, it's for those reasons that I gave that one a nine in characterization, and I give this a five. Yeah. It's not, I think that's not really on the same level. Fair.
0: Uh, ben, by the way, gave it a three.
1: He didn't like this one.
0: He also noted that several people are willing to sacrifice yeah. themselves.
1: Yeah. And Tuvok apparently is a shitty spy, he says, because the missile was shanghaied only recently by Balana, who would have been on a crew with Tuvok, presumably when she did it, but he doesn't say a word about it.
0: It is a real, it is a real problem. Which he was not a good spy.
1: Which is a really good point. <laughs> that he presumably was just right there the entire time and never said anything about it to anybody. Like, if he filed that report, no one did anything about it.
0: He was following Chakotay rules, which is don't stir up trouble right?
1: we're in the Delta Quadrant. <laughs>
0: Right, don't let's... mention that uh, the guy might be a murderer. He really loves to murder. He gets hella hard for murder. <laughs> and also, don't bring up that Bolano once commandeered and sent back at the
1: Cardassians
0: a mega weapon,
1: and no one knows what happened to it. Yeah, it presumably disappeared. It got Whoever lost knows. along the way. Yeah, um, this is why I'm glad there's another person playing, playing along. Because I'm glad. Oh, we, I'm glad yeah. we got it's that a good. Note. It's good to have that pointed out. It's yeah, nice absolutely. to have a, a third head. Because uh, I did not even think about that.
0: Yeah, this up ep- this thing that we do is already so long that we don't take the time to read every single thing Ben says. Yeah. But he's making good points all along. Yes,
1: absolutely. <clears throat> but he did not like this episode.
0: No. I mean, I, listen, I gave it kind of a middling score. Actually, pretty close to my average score for most episodes, so. Yeah. I, 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 this is not the worst Voyager episode we've had so far. No, I found it's it not close. I
1: found it fairly it, entertaining for what it is. It's got
0: some Voyager flaws, but yes. it's this one's not too bad. And in fact, they've been a little bit on the upswing the last few episodes, which is why we're doing them fourth this week, right?
1: Yes, they've managed to not uh not embarrass themselves last week in what was a pretty bad week, but
0: Yeah. I mean, the week before that, oh, threshold was was pretty bad. Huh? <laughs>
1: well, you know which one that was. So, uh, but
0: Alliance has got as many as thirty nine points. Prototype was thirty two. Yeah, they really are on an upswing right now.
1: Yeah, well, good because it'd be hard to do as bad as they have
0: been. Man, they dug. They must have dug themselves a huge hole because they're still way behind.
1: Dude, they went just straight back. They went in reverse for weeks and weeks and weeks, just like no, we're losing as many points as we can.
0: <laughs> just throwing them out, throwing them away.
1: I mean, you, you remember the remember you remember Twisted, right? yeah <laughs> but come yes. on like, what are we supposed to do with that episode that was
0: so bad
1: <laughs> that's that's really nothing it's uh no it's not it's not nothing because it's actively annoying anyway oh, god that was awful we got another was that one, the
0: right? one where two hawk and chakotay what, was yes that's Gakotay when we that found out, out that
1: they were arch enemies god damn <laughs> he was like wait a, wait a minute i thought he hated paris what's happening um
0: we watched another one, right? You got some
1: quick hitters? Oh, God, I forgot about that. Okay, yeah, hey. Uh, the Wildman baby. I think that fetus now counts for characterization. <laughs> we're getting there. Um, Bellana's eyebrows looked crazy fake in the glow of the warp core. They were like a weird color, and they were like a weird shape. It's like, oh yeah, she got fake Klingon eyebrows. I totally forgot about that. Right. I think we're supposed to be creeped out by Balana' computer voice, but like... It's not, it's not how, you know what I mean? No. Like it's kind of misses there. Um, why did she make the computer so polite? We're supposed to believe that this frustrated and emotional young woman made her computer ask people how they slept last night.
0: Hey, I got a fun question for you. Well, she was clearly very lonely, by the way. I
1: guess.
0: Here's my fun question for you. Hmm. Well, it's just my first thing from Quick Hitters. B'Elanna sure spent a long time programming this one missile to undertake one suicide mission.
1: She says she spent weeks.
0: Was she, like, lonely?
1: I think she was lonely. This is what I wrote,
0: and I think that answers your question,
1: too. Yes, I think that's right.
0: This was the work she really wanted to be doing? Yeah. Was just some straight-up engineering. And she got into this Maki thing, and she's just kind of over her head on it. Because, by the way, it's not her fight, really.
1: It's not. What, is a, what does she care? She just doesn't like Starfleet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She just thought this was the, by the way, best way to deal with her bad temper.
1: By the way, if this was a good show, if this was, like, a good show, wouldn't they have given us something? We would know. Yes. Why <laughs> she was in a muck, why she was mucky, I'm other sure than she, she was in the, the Academy. I'm sure first
0: episode about her human father or Ugh. whatever that explains why she's here. Listen, they don't ever explain why Tom Paris was involved with these people either.
1: They don't. They only sort of explain Chakotay.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, really, like, they, there's not a lot of motivation for the monkey
0: for Chakotay, we just have to remember that He's a Native episode. American,
1: and the Native Americans got a bad rap. Got a bad, bad... Uh, getting
0: a bum deal from the Cardies. Yeah, a
1: bum deal from the Cardies and Admiral Nechev and, and Picard. And, <laughs> yep. um, and that's it? Yeah. Okay, so it's not much. That's what I'm it's saying. Not,
0: they don't they don't make it personal for Chicote in any way. They
1: talk about the Maquis a lot, but they never really talk about like why. Why though? Yeah. Uh uh and then I didn't have anything else after that except for oh great, I just saw the thumbnail for next week's episode.
0: Oh I haven't I
1: haven't yet. Oh, I haven't seen well, it yet. Um I'll, here's a spoiler. I saw Q. <laughs> Is it time to stop the project? Are you done? Fuck me. <laughs> I was so mad when I saw it. I was so angry. Because I remember it's, the episode.
0: It's called Death Wish? And oh, it's yeah. got Q in it?
1: I saw I remember the episode and it is... Well, I'm not anticipating a good score, but I've been surprised before. For instance, I wasn't anticipating a good score on this one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just mad. Uh, the only thing I wrote in my notes was... We have got a "What's Up with Paris" arc. We've got the Kazon Trader arc, and we've even we're even briefly talking about the Doctor's name arc here. Yeah, I, I wish they'd spend less time being mysterious and more time telling good, interesting stories.
1: That is a fair point.
0: Uh, I give best actor to Prime Minister. What's his name?
1: Okay, the one and who has, has to apologize a... for being a little bit a little bit sharp with. Uh...
0: Yes, I thought he did a good job. Yeah, and uh, worst actor to what, old Tom Paris. He's not
1: good man. I bet he's not were,
0: selling that whatever is troubling him
1: they are uh I bet they regretted signing Nick Lacarno to that long term contract.
0: turned out he didn't have the job they signed him like a
1: seven year deal and he got it turns out his his well even his peripheral numbers really have taken a hit, not even just his basic counting stats
0: so it's gonna be a good week for Voyager, score wise. We'll see at the end whether they uh have. Slipped past TNG.
1: Yeah, but we but did watch we,
0: another. We watched Deep Space Nine this week. It was Armageddon game.
1: I don't actually like the Wikipedia descriptions. I don't think they're they're well thought out. So I'm just going to go back do this from memory. Do you uh, want me to just send you a screenshot
0: of my description?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. Um so yours are are much, much too long. Much That's too true. long.
0: This was my short one this week, by the way.
1: Uh Bashir and O'Brien are helping out these uh dang old Talani aliens uh to to wipe out some bioweapons that they've been using on the the other guys. What are the other guys' names? Kellerins. Kellerins. Uh in the big space war that is now over. And, uh, they just can't figure out how to kill these goddamn bioweapons, but luckily right there in the teaser, uh, Bashir comes up with the method of zapping them just right so that they're rendered inert or whatever. Um, so that's a celebration. Uh, uh, Bashir wants to hang out and go to the celebration party. O'Brien wants to go home and see his angry wife, but, uh, Sisko says they gotta stay. So they're sticking around there, and they're wiping out the rest of the samples or whatever. And then uh, right when they think they're done, uh, a group of armed men come in and start shooting up the whole joint and killing everybody in the room. Uh, O'Brien beams uh, him and Bashir down to the planet to escape uh, the onslaught. And then they, they're hiding out in like a weird cave for like the rest of the episode. Um, but it turns out that O'Brien got some of that bio-virus-whatever. Uh, during the firefight or whatever.
0: Yep, he got splashed by harvesters.
1: Yeah, they're called the harvesters. He got splashed by it, so he's now he's going down hard. He can't do any of the more of the dumb engineering work he was doing down there trying to. What was he trying to do? Make a a beacon or something?
0: Yeah, they found an old com panel he was trying to fix.
1: Yeah, they always have him uh, doing something that. It, Meaning- he was sure if he could just
0: get a hold of the Talani. So the two people who shot him up were Kellerans. Oh, okay. All right. He's sure if he can just get a hold of the Talani or the Federation, someone will come and get him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because they're expecting Cisco to come and find him. But uh, guess what? B plot Cisco and crew have to accept their deaths as reported to them by the uh, ambassadors uh, of these worlds. So that's, you know. They gotta move on without O'Brien and Bashir. And everyone's real sad, and they're gonna have a lot of conversations, and they're gonna have a toast in Quark's bar. And until Keiko has reviewed the morbid film of her husband being vaporized, and realizes that he's drinking coffee in that, and he would never drink coffee at that time of day. And I'd stake my reputation on it. And Cisco, I think, to humor her, at that point starts an investigation. (laughs)
0: They just go to pick up the runabout early. I think he's like, well, fuck it. We'll just leave a little early, and when we see nothing, we'll tell her. It's nothing. It all checked out. I know it was weird that he just drank a coffee, but.
1: Uh, But anyway, that leads them uh, to uh, question the veracity of the the data record they were shown.
0: Which, by the way, I think they're all sort of happy to do just so they can put it off for a minute. Yeah. Just so for a minute they can live with the possibility that maybe something different happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you, you see is Kira and Odo kind of want to get into it from the start. And Cisco <laughs> shuts yeah. them down and goes, they're dead, shut up. Those very nice people, those nice aliens told me they're dead. Um, the,
0: the red-headed lady and Leslie Nielsen told me that they're dead. They brought a lady. So they're dead.
1: They brought a lady along, which you know they would only have done if they were telling the truth. That's right. Um... Anyway, back on the planet, there's some real heart-to-heart, uh, bro-and-down conversations between O'Brien and Bashir about old, oh, old because loves. Because I wrote
0: dumb locker room. <laughs> <past.
1: laughs> old loves and, oh, what's marriage like? What's it like to be a married? And uh Love. some Galorndon core stuff where they gotta... O'Brien can't do the engineering anymore because he's sick, so he's gotta tell Bashir how to f- do the thing. Anyway, in the end, the... The same guys who tried to kill him up on the station find him down on the planet because they got to finish the job. It turns out what they were doing all along was uh, sort of good in a twisted way. They wanted to make sure that anybody who ever knew how to make this bioweapon or knew about its structure or whatever was gone and dead so that no one could ever make it again. But they're very fanatical about it because then when they come and Cisco and crew come in a runabout to to rescue them, they they try to shoot up the runabout and Cisco even has to blow one up as a diversion to get out of there. But anyway, they save him. They go back to DS Nine presumably to argue about how much Keiko doesn't want to be there. Yep. So, what was this this one about? Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Even challenging relationships can be rewarding.
1: So does that mean... So,
0: so weak take, it's not a sci-fi take, so don't expect a lot of points here. Okay. So Bashir talks about this great relationship that he had that never came to anything. Yeah. O'Brien loves his lousy marriage. <laughs> and
1: <laughs> Lousier the better, for him.
0: Yeah, et cetera, right? Talks yeah. about all the challenges. But also, even though Bashir is his least favorite person in the world... Really, just
1: anywhere in the fucking universe, I think.
0: Even though he will talk about how he never shuts up in sickbay when Bashir could be just around the corner,
1: mm-hmm.
0: look what they can do when they work together. Yeah, I think that's what we're doing here, right?
1: Oh, I do think that.
0: Okay, two points.
1: Yeah, I had the same thing, but I was so annoyed I couldn't really um articulate. I couldn't it. articulate what I had was. I guess it's about like what makes people tick. You know, like old gruff guy who thinks marriage is amazing, and like young guy who's like but what about sexing ladies? but like there's common ground though, right? I gave it a 1.
0: Okay. <laughs> so what? well, we're not far off it's 1 point. <laughs> it's just it's just not Star Trek. It's, it's like dumb. Star Trek would be a, a Star Trek take on this would be about how you actually resolve these problems, not just Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh Ben uh has a different take. Oh, good. He says, certainty is worth a lot. The funny hair aliens are willing to kill all the scientists. O'Brien and Bashir know they can rely on each other as Starfleet officers when the chips are down. Keiko and O'Brien take comfort in each other's presence. Like, they count on each other even though they don't have a good marriage. He <laughs> yeah. says all of these things are depressing, unfortunately. Give <laughs> <laughs> it a three. That's true. Um... What did you, uh, how did you feel they executed on your one premise? (laughs)
1: All right, on the premise, I have only this. We hate Bashir and O'Brien, and we rarely have reason not to. But I have some thoughts about the episode, too. Okay. Uh, DS9 had no interest in exploring the mystery of who did the murders. So, I'm writing this in real time, like, so maybe we'll get to explore why they did it? I hope it's not just going to be a mission to expose them. That would be procedural and dumb. Oh, they did it for, like, sort of good reasons. That's a neat twist. They These bad guys, they aren't doing it so that they can take the virus for themselves and dominate the, everybody or whatever. Right. They are actually trying it's to a, make sure.
0: It's an act of desperation, basically, yeah. from very desperate people.
1: Yeah. This is not the first time that O'Brien and Bashir are isolated together in some dark circumstances, and they still hate each other. So I don't think yeah. it's working.
0: The Dow Rock didn't fix it. What they went through with the racquetball match didn't fix it. No,
1: they, it's, they, it's not working. They're not clicking. Why do the ambassadors... I'm putting this in execution because I thought this was dumb, like the Karassians building that missile. Why do the ambassadors have to be present at every location? Is there conspiracy yeah. made up of exactly five people?
0: It's a very good question. These Do you think they also killed the soldiers who did the first attack yes. and they were going to kill those ones too? Yes, and
1: then they are going to blow up the cruiser with them on it in the end. Yes. <laughs> once they were sure. Once they were sure everyone else was dead, they were going to self destruct. Seriously, they're on the Talani cruiser in the beginning with all the viruses. They're on DS9 talking to Cisco. They're on the planet's surface hunting O'Brien and Bashir. They're on the cruiser again firing at the runabouts. They don't have henchmen?
0: That's a very good question. It's a very good question. I, sh- I mean, they they have some henchmen who shot up the place.
1: Also, will we ever know the consequences of all of this? Like, how will Starfleet and the Federation like this?
0: It's definitely an assault. We, so, we'll never know. Think,
1: though. For sure, we'll never know.
0: This is. F- I'm sure that there are no laws to fit their crime. I wouldn't worry about it too much. <laughs> well,
1: if Picard is adjudicating that, if that will be the case.
0: Well, but seriously, Picard would be like, "We don't Well, even have them. Wh- whatever. I know what you were doing. Yes. <laughs> I got my people back and I don't care about anything else.
1: Um on the strength of the bad guys not um not being the mustache twirlers that you maybe are initially led to believe they will be, I gave it a 4.
0: Uh I also had given it a, such as a 4. Okay. Um the fact that this weapon takes days to incapacitate O'Brien and he can be stabilized by something in a standard runabout medical kit mm. and be back on the job a day later does undercut the motivation for these people to kill all the scientists involved in creating it. Yeah, Because um, there are like a thousand chemicals on Earth right now, most of which are <laughs> not even weapons, that would kill you super quickly if a huge drop like that one got on your skin. <laughs> yep, yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. It doesn't take a very carefully engineered bioweapon.
0: And I tried not to score it badly, but I immediately thought of a more interesting reason for the cover-up of the attack than the one that they chose.
1: What's your, uh, what, what script are you working on?
0: So, here's what I wanted to happen. I wanted that the attack to be a rogue attack by the Kellerans. Okay. And I wanted the Talani Ambassador to be agreeing to cover this up because they're trying to keep the fragile peace after this war.
1: Yeah. That would be cool. If only we were ever going to revisit these people to have all this delicate work <laughs> being done. Yeah, so it's, it's just, keep this it's alliance. just like
0: the Keller and ambassador came to her and showed her the real film. And she was like, we have to keep this a secret or it's going to be a war. Yeah. And that's why they were doing this whole thing. Anyway, they went with something else, which is, actually speaks more to Ben's take than to either of ours.
1: Yes, those people. Well, I think he did what we sometimes do where he gathered the evidence and made the take.
0: Uh, I just think I would have liked mine a little bit better because the weapons are horrible. But the, the war is worse than the weapons. Like, yeah, you need the war to be over or else they'll just kill each other with regular weapons. Right. So, uh I I try not to let it uh bother me that I thought of something I would have liked to see better. <laughs> yeah.
1: That you're a better writer than the Star Trek writers. Yeah. That doesn't uh, bother me.
0: Strange to me that this was uh, ever a mission for DS9 personnel.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh was a We don't
0: know anything about where this system is.
1: Closest medical it, researcher available kind
0: they of. They don't situation. even mention whether it's on the other side of the wormhole or not.
1: Yeah, I know. So. Yeah, no uh, no Dominion slow build in this one or anything.
0: Because it's like would any Federation ship have done? If it's just a Federation doctor and a, a Federation engineer?
1: Yeah, we've talked about I mean, this in the past that I think Bashir is more of a researcher and less of a physician.
0: Right. And
1: I th- I guess, if you want to extrapolate, he has been chosen because he is a, a talented researcher of some kind.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe, but, but it's like... They don't d- say. Nothing, nothing so far has led us to believe that uh, he is any way, in any way knowledgeable about biological weapons? Oh yeah, no,
1: no, they would just write that into his backstory whenever it's
0: appropriate. Or that O'Brien is particularly a computer expert?
1: <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> if um, he was such a computer expert, why would they have a man in the fucking transport? Oh, maybe and, the and in fact, in the,
0: the first time. draft, it was Bashir and Dax. By the way,
1: uh, that kind of makes more sense. She's the fucking science officer.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think the dynamic of her talking to him about his crazy lost love and his weird view of all of this as conquests could have been interesting, too. But also... If they knew how to write Dax, and Dax knew how to act Dax.
1: And if they knew how to write Bashir so we didn't hate him, because he probably just would have creeped on her.
0: That's true. Very true. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I also uh, gave it a four. Uh, ben gave it a four. So... Um, he may notice that it's a bottle episode. Absolutely, a bottle episode. Yeah,
1: if if not for the B plot, it's a it's a total bottle episode.
0: Yep. They did have to come up with that lab and that hut, yes. but the Talani cruiser is a reuse, so like, yeah, that model already existed. Um, world building. Apparently, there's no service commitment in Starfleet, because Bashir could have taken a civilian job. Right. I gave it one point. (laughs) That's all you had? Okay. Well, I mean, what else is there that matters? Well, what matters? These Harvesters, but they're not a real threat. The Talani and the Kellerans are nothing. Right. Is it world-building that Bashir kept diaries?
1: I mean, well, you tend is it to world put building that, that characterization. Of course
0: has red glassware that he can offer drinks <laughs> in? There's, I mean, there's just nothing happened in this episode that's world
1: building, is the trouble. Well, I haven't previously noted the colors of the glasses. It's true. It would be difficult to just start now.
0: Yeah, uh, But maybe you found some things, so let, well, let's Well, I didn't find a lot, you.
1: but um, Federation personnel are apparently brought in to figure out how to dispose of alien bioweapons. That seems like something that Starfleet would do, because they're, they're do-gooders, right? They'd be into yeah, that.
0: why these two? Why isn't yeah. it a mission for some science ship?
1: Uh, nanobiogenic weapons, actually, is what they're called. Not, yeah, who uh, cares? That's uh, nothing. Uh, I had in here the censorship of all the bioweapon files that everyone is willing to go along with. There are no questions about, uh, is empirical knowledge valuable in, in and of itself or anything like that? No one cares about that. They're like, yeah, please purge all these files. We don't want anyone to know about this. Um, it takes O'Brien, like, three seconds to program the transporter to explode moments after they transport out transporters blow up too easy
0: it's a good point that's probably a code it's probably a transporter code if
1: if you can just punch in the transporter code to blow it up maybe that's a weakness in the technology um that runabout was no match for the Talani cruiser so they're not uh, they're not totally useless alien people
0: yeah this is uh it is weird they, I think they make the runabouts deliberately not a match for anything.
1: <laughs> they are shuttles. Which I get. But sometimes they run into races that are so pathetic that you would think even a... a
0: yeah, like, what if these it. guys had run into uh, O'Connor's old,
1: old boys? <laughs> yeah. Would the runabout have been able to take them then?
0: Yeah, I mean, would Worf have been sneering <laughs> about their
1: lasers? More... Glob flies. And
0: Picard sarcastically lowering his shields in case he wanted to surrender. That's what
1: I want to know. Yeah. Uh, it's the
0: only thing I want to
1: know. I actually found it to be the standard three.
0: Okay. <laughs> so. I mean, three is pretty standard, but I thought this did much less than average world building. Yeah.
1: Well, I know. You only gave them one note.
0: That's all Like The only thing I wrote in the whole episode. <laughs> uh, how did you think they did on characterization? This is a... Because it's a bottle episode. Yeah. That's where they're All putting of our emphasis, favorite right.
1: characters... <laughs> that's a very good point o'brien is racist against alien rations how low will this version of o'brien go it's bad he gets all the action. You know, he
0: does say he's been eating their food for a week
1: yeah and he hates it because he only likes yeah. eating potatoes uh he gets all the action hero dialogue he could hope for was column spilling for some was he trying to get some cool character stuff behind the scenes like
0: he wanted to fuck, and he wanted to fight. Yeah,
1: he he's not doing enough fucking and fighting, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and he's an asshole to Bashir, too. So, like, God, he's unlikely. Oh, he really is. Some stuff about how marriage is the greatest adventure of all, or something.
0: By the way, I think that there is class stuff going on. Yeah. I think it's because Colomini is doing it. I think so. And I wish that they had worked it in in some way. Yeah, we... I would love to know what kind of weird class things the Irish have about yeah. people with Bashir's accent.
1: Well, we know they often fall he... off-screen.
0: This is not the first time he's mocked his accent. Mm-hmm.
1: I love and it. And that has
0: class implications in our world, and I wish we knew a little bit about what kind of about class the implications internal... it
1: had. in-universe Starfleet. Yep. Yeah, that would be good to know.
0: Because O'Brien... <clears throat> is written to signal working class in every instance yeah all the time constantly
1: must have been why they picked an Irish
0: whereas um, Bashir they are signaling as Oxbridge
1: right yeah with his hoity-toity racquetball and his Mm -hmm. fucking medical education or whatever
0: yeah whereas O'Brien's characteristics are like
1: I like tarantulas and you're
0: like oh it's all right (laughs) All right, buddy.
1: <laughs> uh, I
0: mean, let me sing "Danny Boy."
1: <laughs> the minstrel boy to the war has gone. And you're like, okay, I see what we're doing here. Uh, Kira and Odo think this whole thing is fishy, but Cisco buys the Talani story, uh, hook, line, and sinker.
0: They, it's it's like they think it's impossible that O'Brien could have accidentally blown himself up. Whereas I would have gone. I mean, I guess he gets he gets hangry. And yes. I wonder.
2: <laughs> did he
0: did
1: he just do a whoopsie? They're
0: like, wow! Did it happen at like three thirty p.m.? Yeah, and Cisco's actually. like, oh, actually three fourteen. And then they would have been like, oh god, yeah, yeah,
1: that's about when it usually goes wrong. Yeah,
0: new computer system. That's the time of day when he's mad about shit.
1: <laughs> uh, but I thought that was interesting because usually Cisco gets the weird hunches.
0: Yeah, Cisco is Mister Intuition yeah. usually,
1: and like I said, I think he only ends up looking into it to make Keiko go away.
0: Odo suspects everything, and Kira because she's the best actor on the show, maybe except for Quark, but Quark's really handicapped by his makeup and character. Yeah, uh, I really from her, I read that it's just disbelief. Yes, it's just
1: uh, you well, know stage one of it. grief
0: or whatever. Yeah,
1: right? like let's. I want to see this film. Whereas Odo is always suspicious. Yeah. And, yeah, he pulls uh, a, I agree, it is suspicious.
0: Also, the Odo is a profiler, for sure. Oh, God, we so know that. to hear, if he if he heard Keiko say, he never drinks coffee at 3 p.m., Odo would accept Odo that would as be, fact, yeah. Odo would be like, I'm going to turn myself into a Klingon chair.
1: <laughs> I'm going to wait and see if he drinks a coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um... Bashir is very insensitive about making O'Brien feel bad about dying and leaving Keiko and Molly behind. But yeah. t- to be fair, O'Brien sucks, so who cares?
0: <laughs> it's all good. They both suck. Yeah. And they belong together.
1: Like the writers, Bashir is in defeat, which is important to know. That's like some, some good characterization. Yeah. Uh yeah. He is and... a
0: nasty, nasty footboy,
1: goddammit. <laughs> Get some great oh,
0: by, and by the way. Only a nasty footboy would say that a ballerina had great feet. Yeah, they their got feet the mangled, get hella ones. messed up.
1: The ones they don't, everything's pointing in the wrong direction. It's just, yeah. it's not good. Um, so yeah, some that's
0: for advanced nasty boys. Aren't they? <laughs> some
1: great backstory for him there. Um, uh, Terry Farrell's still lagging behind in emotional acting. Yeah. She's doing a lot better with all the techno babble, but. Yes. She's not there yet. Did not buy her in Quark's. Um, Quark brought in for levity, but the whole toast scene is meaningless because, one, we know they're not dead, and it's true. two, we hate them. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> that is true you know
0: in that scene we are looking at the three people we care the most about well (laughs) the two of the three people we care the most about right because uh we care about kira in that scene and we care about quark and dax to a much lesser extent o'brien and bashir we don't
1: don't care at all who cares if they're dead i'm not toasting to them you know in the we'll talk about this in quick haters but this episode was an amalgam of some tng episodes which happens a lot and in those where they're, like, trying to deal with the loss of their crew member or whatever, you can be like, oh, okay, well, they missed Data or they miss Geordi. You know, I mean, I hate Data, but but, like, I really did not care about them toasting to uh, creepy Bashir. By the way, did they even talk about O'Brien in that scene? Uh no I mean Quark mentions that <laughs> I think they, they might have were... mentioned his
0: sh- I think they might have mentioned his shitty marriage <laughs> I think
1: so too I think Quark mentions that they were good customers so he he's giving a uh, a reference to both of them but I think you're right I think other than his shitty marriage that whole scene is about Bashir so
0: yeah see if they'd been doing the class thing O'Brien would have always paid his bills at Quark and Bashir would have been a <laughs> he would have a, add a tab
1: yeah yeah uh, let's see. Keiko does a good job of faking when Kira gives her condolences in ops. Um, like, oh, oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, I'll wait till we're in Cisco's office to say I think he's not actually dead. Yep. Because it's literally... This is
0: actually better Keiko than normal in this episode. It's
1: actually 10 seconds before she went in there with Kira and said, I don't think he's dead. But when she's actually, in I ops... Say,
0: I don't think Rosalind Chow is a bad actress. I think they don't... Well They've just made her a shrill, terrible character. Yeah,
1: what is she playing there? Um, but, like, literally, it's ten seconds before they go into the office. She sees Kira on in ops, and Kira goes, I'm so sorry for your loss. And she goes, and she gives a face like you would in real life if you didn't want to get into it. <laughs> yes. She just goes, oh, okay, thanks. Because she knows she's about to go into Sisko's office and go, he's not really dead. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting.
0: Um, but, and by the way, I don't know why the video being fake means he's not dead. Why <laughs> it doesn't mean he was just shot in the back of the head.
1: Right, he's definitely dead. That's what I would think. Oh yeah, but they is killed him. the most
0: likely conclusion.
1: There would be no reason to imprison him. He is for sure dead, is what I would think. Um, uh, Efforts were made, but the characters remain unlikable and the actors are subpar and it makes it tough, so I gave it a four.
0: Okay. We're not crazy far off. I uh, I had given it as much as a five. Okay. Uh, Bashir is on a horny adventure. O'Brien looks at other women. Bashir's a nasty boy about feet. Keiko Good. doesn't know her husband as well as she thinks she does, but she is very self-assured.
1: Yeah.
0: Sisko is probably a better tactician than he is a CO. Probably. Because he handles that ending engagement with the two runabouts. Competently,
1: Yeah, I'd say, you know, considering the tactical disadvantage he was in, he did that pretty well.
0: Yeah, he did the best he could there. Um, They do a little Bashir Dax work from Dax's side. Yeah. With the revelation that she didn't even read his diaries.
1: That could have been good with a good actress. That's what I thought yep. in that scene.
0: I think it's an interesting move for the characters. Yeah. That he gave her his medical school diaries and she didn't read them.
1: That's how, by the way, that's how into her he was. Yep. That's creepy.
0: And they do some exploration of the Keiko O'Brien marriage here. Uh, I don't think they did a ton of character work, considering it's a bottle episode, but I don't think they really stepped in it anywhere. It was a five. That was down the middle for me. Okay.
1: What, did, uh, what did Ben say?
0: Uh, ben uh, had a three here. He said uh, O'Brien is still pissy. Yep. Cisco's, he liked Cisco's deadened response to the deaths. Yep. He thought that was pretty good. Yeah, again... Avery Brooks only cares about emotional scenes that he can play. That's right. He doesn't care about the Star Trek part of
1: this at all. He fucking hates Star Trek, really.
0: Yeah, he's, but he has responded to it differently than Beltran. (laughs)
1: Yes, (laughs) who just Um, checked out on the whole series. Like
0: he'll still, Cisco still shows up for scenes that are interesting to Avery
1: Brooks. Right.
0: Uh, Beltran just doesn't show up.
1: He's just like, I'm done. I know we're only six episodes in, but I've already decided I'm done
0: uh if you have a few quick hitters this uh the scientist who does this old boy's hair seems like a ton of (laughs) work it's all like basket weave
1: by the way i was just reading ben's notes and he also noticed that uh there was a foot fetish thing going on yeah so we all caught it
0: uh yeah they were intentionally signaling that they were nasty nasty foot boys um Harvesters is a strange name for this thing, and they made no effort to explain it Yeah, why is it it called that? Yeah.
1: That's a good question. I noticed that there were red ones and orange ones and green ones, like the labels. Yep. I don't know what they were, though.
0: And apparently both sides used the same tubes. That's weird to me.
1: (laughs) They were manufactured in the same spot.
0: Yeah. It must piss O'Brien off that everybody knows his marriage sucks eggs.
1: And they just talk about it. To yes. him, behind his back, just at all times. It's a. I mean, I guess there's not a lot happening on that station, because they all talk about it.
0: Uh, and then I just spent the rest of it talking about what I wished my angle. Uh, my, you know, my, what I wish was happening in this episode. Right. With the cover-up. Um, so, did you have any quick hitters?
1: Uh, I remembered this episode immediately, as soon as it began, and I was sad. Oh, I, see,
0: I don't think I have ever, well, no, I must have, I don't, actually, I'm not sure I'd ever seen this episode before.
1: Yeah, I knew, and I was like, ah, oh, this isn't a very good one. Um, that hella lazy shoulder roll O'Brien just did. I hope he thanks the Cardis every day for teaching him that trick on Setlik 3. <laughs> <laughs> that super lazy lumbering shoulder roll. Um, I don't know why. It was important to show Cisco having his breakfast interrupted with news of Bashir and O'Brien's death. But it worked, because I was pissed that he couldn't enjoy those pancakes or whatever he was ordering.
0: Oh yeah, he by the way, he was putting in a big order. He
1: was so excited for breakfast, and then they interrupted him with that, and I was like, man, what the fuck?
0: He was like, you know what, Bashir's off the station, no <laughs> one's gonna get on me about my cholesterol, I'm gonna do a dang thing.
1: Give me all the alien berries, put them all in there, I wanna eat them. And then they got to give him that fucking bad news. He can't even eat his breakfast. It's garbage. So again, this was a variant of... Of the ones that I remembered was the episode where Roe and Geordi die. And then we yep. have to see the crew dealing with it.
0: Which I then pointed out to you was the same as the most toys. But
1: same as the most toys when they all think Data is dead and they have to cope with it. Um, And then it was also that Galorndon Core episode of TNG where uh, Geordi and the Romulan guy are on the planet... And uh, Jordy loses his vision and shit because of the weird radiation on the planet. So he's got to be the brain, and the other guys the eyes when they're doing the whatever engineering they have to do down there. Anyway,
0: yeah, there are also notes of like Uh final mission or the in the part of Arsenal of Freedom like there's a thing uh, where in Star Trek someone's injured yeah. where when people are when someone's injured and the other person's trying to keep them alive that's when heart. they start to get into the personal talk
1: yeah yeah that's true those are both true also so there's
0: there's a little bit of that in there um, yeah
1: yeah but like who asked for more of of the next phase
0: well now that is a good question like
1: I only asked for more Michelle Forbes and I didn't get my wish
0: yeah yeah here's... We... We, uh...
1: Yeah, no, go ahead. Here's my pitch, guys. The crew will think they're dead, but, like, they're not dead, right? But then also, they might die. <laughs> well, they could die. They could just die.
0: They're not out of the woods yet. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like, well, okay.
0: O'Brien's getting sicker.
1: O'Brien was definitely gonna die if they just stayed there, and plus those gunmen were still after them. So it was like, yep. okay. Um... I could see it on Keiko's face when the news was broken to her about... O'Brien's death she was kind of happy because she could leave the station finally
0: I thought that was actually a fairly well acted scene yeah Uh, they they didn't play super heightened emotions like I was worried they were going to it did not get when I knew that that scene was coming
1: it didn't get too melodramatic again the only acting issues I had were were Dax really
0: oh anyway uh, by the way neither one of us mentioned the joke at the end is that O'Brien always drinks coffee in the afternoon and Kiko was wrong
1: yep (laughs) Which again, I would—I definitely would have assumed. That's a crazy thing to say that he would just never do it. Like, I don't know. I don't usually do it, but sometimes I do it.
0: Yeah. So instead, it reinforces that their marriage is not that—not super good. Mm-hmm. And also, it—you know—she's kind of was grasping at straws there, but she really sold it in the room.
1: That's right. Um. That's all I had.
0: Yeah, I gave uh, Best Actor to Kira, and uh, for Worst Actor, I just wrote a question. Why does it feel out of character for O'Brien to do a mocking accent? <laughs> not a, It's just, it's not something that makes sense for O'Brien, I think.
1: Oh, but we saw him do it in one other DS9 episode. We didn't see it in a previous episode. Um, but not even just Bashir, we saw one um, Babel. He's complaining to himself under a replicator. Oh
0: he does he does do a kira. He does a kira. <laughs> Which is just high voiced O'Brien. It doesn't He yes. doesn't capture Kira at all.
1: <laughs> but it was mocking.
0: <laughs> Matt I ran the dang numbers. Oh
1: okay Landrew did it. And
0: we have a tale of two halves this week. Landrew Uh coming in at fifth place uh with twenty one points the changeling.
1: It was not good
0: it was not good and ben i did no it take it but even better. you only gave it five on the top half
1: yeah
0: um 21 points is bad yeah. it's uh oh what is that uh bottom 25 percent yeah uh we have a tie for uh fourth fourth place this third place third and fourth place whatever third and fourth place are tied this week uh DS9's Armageddon game and Enterprise's The Seventh both managed a total of 24 points.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, an average episode, by the way, at this point uh, is uh, between 31 and 32 points. Right. So 24 is, Below. Uh, again, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. In second place this week with 37 points is Dreadnought.
1: That was my winner for the week, though I did take some points out of it during the evaluation.
0: It was your winner. It was my second place this week. We ended up only uh, seven points apart on it. Yes. Because you deducted a few points. Yeah. But um, 37 is good for Voyager. Uh, Voyager Alliances was 39. I think that's the last time that Voyager beat a 37. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, prior to that... (laughs) You
1: probably have to go
0: away. uh, I am scrolling... (laughs) No, they had a thirty-six with Jutrell.
1: Oh my God, that was a long time ago. <laughs> uh,
0: Prime Factors, Prime Factors episode nine was a thirty-nine point. That God. was the last time they beat a thirty-seven. Do you remember so. what that was? Prime Factor. <laughs> I
1: don't even remember that <laughs> by name. I mean, uh, Voyager.
0: It's the same week oh, as the Oh, that's the one where that's song. the one
1: where Tuvok uh, tries to sell the technology. Oh weird. With the creepy the creepy sexy European alien. Oh the,
0: the Italian the Italian. Yes. The pervy Italian, yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, wow, that scored a thirty nine. I guess we really oh uh, it was probably one of those times we were impressed that they were taking on the idea of what to do with the prime directive or
0: something. Oh yeah, something like that, right. Oh, yeah. Um and the so um process of elimination, the winner this week is uh T N G for Unnatural Selection. Man,
1: I never would have thought that Pulaski episode would score so well.
0: Uh, with forty three points, which is um, really quite good. That's a top ten percent episode.
1: Small touches, man.
0: Um, that is TNG's tenth win. Yeah. Uh, so they're behind the original series, which still has fifteen wins.
1: I mean, look what it did in characterization. Uh,
0: I do. Uh, I do want to say we've talked about how bad Voyager had been lately. Hmm. The gap between Voyager and Enterprise is down to 22 points now. Uh. And that's the closest gap in any of the positions. So, Well, Enterprise if, sucked uh, again this week, so... if Enter- and Enterprise has uh, been on a losing streak for... Uh, At least the last three. F- their last green episode was Minefield. So four consecutive weeks.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, the last three have been very bad. So... If... Uh... If Voyager keeps it up, it might get its theme song back.
1: That's right. You're, you're getting close, guys.
0: By the end of this season, it could have its theme song. Oh, back. I
1: hope it does because I like that theme song and I really don't like Enterprise's theme song.
0: It is true. It would be better in both cases. Enterprise's names are usually easier to find uh, references for, also.
1: <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> what would you have done with the seventh, just uh, off the top of your head?
0: Um, I mean, Seven Rooms of Gloom, oh, been been great. a little bit of a great one. Yeah, just seven uh, numbers.
1: Oof, that's a good one. Just, just seven, seven numbers, numbers. Oh, that's a good
0: song basically any of the many four top <laughs> songs about the number seven that's right all those would have been good <laughs> uh uh the, the theme song Heaven. starring two star trek movie alums that would
1: have been good and it's just so insulting to play that uh
0: yeah so there are anyway lots of You're lots right. of choices there yeah um but I will be looking for one for Death Wish next week. All right, uh, That shouldn't be too
1: hard. Yeah, that could be okay.
0: I don't think I have anything in my collection called Death Wish, but I bet I could find something. Yeah, Maybe the theme to the movie Death Wish?
1: Ooh, that would be good. You have that in your collection?
0: No, but I can get it. <laughs> I have access to it.
1: Yeah. Alright, so next TNG, week. man. They won again. Alright, mm-hmm. good for them. They're back yeah, in
0: congratulations it. Congratulations to TNG. Welcome to Double Digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, TNG is now won 31% of all weeks, Uh, and the original series is down to 47%. The
1: gap is still over a point between them per episode, which it doesn't, it's actually that that much, but.
0: It is true. It's a 1.1, but then it's a five, I mean, it's a, well, it's a four point gap down to Deep Space Nine.
1: Yeah, they've clearly separated themselves.
0: It's, it's, there's two classes, and it's the same with the wins. It's 15 and 10, and then uh, DS9 has four, Enterprise has two, and Voyager's uh, still got number one. Just one win for Phage. Yeah. But at least it was a very high-scoring episode for them.
1: It's, it's just so weird. I mean, look, they've <laughs> had a couple of weeks now some of the ones where you're just like something clicks and you just go, "Oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be."
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're just like, "Eh, they were trying it. I, I see what they were doing. Yeah, I see what they're asking here." By the way, was Phage the last time you convinced me to change my take?
1: Yeah, it was the one where Janeway, uh, I think, realizes that they may have to start doing shit like this, and it's going to be hard to judge yeah. these aliens, because they're all alone, and they're going to have to pull some weird shit. So. Yeah, I mean, what, what what, would you do? Exactly correct. Exactly. Also, all the other... It was a Nickelodeon?
0: Ah, oh, Jesus. That's a good We're question. Say all the other it, uh, that's just some
1: interstitials, right? Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Uh, Alright, so, next time we will be watching...
0: Mirror, mirror. Okay. So we'll get our first taste of Star Trek's famous mirror universe. Some
1: some, go, some hot goatees.
0: We'll get to learn all about Emperor Spock, probably.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, a matter of honor. Ooh, boy. You excited? I'm a little
1: excited about this. You guys? I'm, I'm a little bit pumped up. Okay. It's all right. got breastfeeding humor. Dang, man. I might. Oh, man. I've been waiting. The last few weeks, I have not had anything to look forward to. I'm kind of looking forward to that.
0: Uh, for DS9, we have an episode called Whispers. No clue. For Voyager, Death Wish, we already know that's going to be a Q episode. Yeah. And uh, Enterprise, The Communicator. So I assume it's an episode about Trip. <laughs> or Reed? I don't know. Are two great communicators. I don't know.
1: That's a tough one. All right. So you guys know what it is to play along. Uh, and then next week is a mailbag, and we're probably going to check in on the Led Zepp tournament.
0: That's right. Next week, we'll get the results of the round of 32. So,
1: Still time to play along, everybody.
0: If you would like to play along... I know Marjan is. Go to BrotherDate.com. Click on Zep. And you'll see our bracket. And you can either pick which songs from each of those pairings you would advance to the next round. Or try and guess which ones I would pick. Play either way. And score yourself some bracket points. If you are going to do that, I guess uh send it send it to me and Matt before we do this thing next week, but yeah. um
1: But it's going to go on for many weeks because we're just doing one round at a time, so.
0: And it's enough to hear me talk about 32 Led Zeppelin songs next week is already going to be a treat. I am
1: so, so excited. Man, yeah. so next week I get to hear you talk about Led Zeppelin and the week after that I get to watch A Matter of Honor? Yeah, that's How right. How did it. I get so lucky?
0: Big things in the month of April. Yeah. Big things. My
1: month. Uh as always, uh, anything you're going to tweet at us is very helpful I've seen Ryan is back on the uh, tweeting game um, so that's at brotherdate on the twitter uh, you can find us at brotherdate.com you can iTunes search search us up what was the name of that podcast search engine you, you recommended before
0: well, I think it was called listen now we're technically on
1: that so if you want to look for us that way anyway uh, we'll be back next week thank you everybody Created it to be the perfect thinking machine and then he shot it into, into space. space. <laughs> <laughs> I did God. it! All of my life's work! Now, shoot it into space. But, I, I don't but. need it anymore.
2: Please Any subscribe.